We're just boys. We're just boys. And we like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys. And we like beer. Yeah, we're just boys. We like beer. We like beer. Welcome back in to another episode of the Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. Thanks to you again, as always, to Chris Hitchcock for our theme song. You can find us on Instagram, the Mayor Stephen at Southern Bling Beer Reviews. Wayne the Sage, find him on Instagram at Wayne's Beer Delivery and on YouTube by the same name. And yours truly, producer and humble correspondent Chase. Find me on TikTok and Instagram at Nutmeg2Palmetto. We are also joined by previous guests of the show and always friend and close confidant, owner of the Clock Tower Taproom and Billiards, Eddie. How are you doing? It's good to see you guys. Thanks again for having me. Hey, thank you for having us. Thank you for being such a gracious host. We just love and appreciate your hospitality here at the Clock Room. You guys, anytime we can talk beer and have have some fun, I'm all about it. Letting us post up for hours on end. <laughs> yeah, we've been here for three hours. <laughs> it's a lot warmer in here than it is outside. So yes. We'll yeah. Now, speaking of Instagram and social media, I have three beers to share with us. And I'm glad Eddie is here as well because I'd love to share them with him. That I got from a near and dear friend of mine at Beer for Booper. Thank you, Juan. <laughs> Thank you, Juan. Thank you. And uh, what it, what there's we got three very distinct styles. One is a fruited smoothie sour. One is I think this is a dipa. Oh, imperial. Yep, double IPA. And one's a pastry pastry stout. So should we go sour first, IPA then stout, or IPA you know, you know first? Where I'm gonna start, but you guys go ahead. <laughs> Gentlemen, any preference, or Wayne, you want to get the sour out of the way? Since you brought the beer. I'll lead you to preference. I don't care at this point. I'll drink anything. I want the Mecca. <laughs> Thank you, Eddie. Yes, yeah, so we should we should actually use separate clean glasses, at least for the sour, since it's gonna be a little messy probably. So just just curious, are you you have this upside down for a reason? Is it just to keep it from This was actually my understanding of how you're supposed to drink one of these. You're supposed to leave it. Upside down for at least sure five minutes to let the sediments kind of work its way through. Yeah, we've and had, we've had a few sours on tap where they actually tell us every you know every hour, every few hours, go back there and shape the actual yeah. keg uh, just to make sure that all the sediment and what sells at the bottom, you know, it's mixing so that way it doesn't you know skew the, the flavor of the beer. Hell yeah! See, see? with yeah, can- a science suit. With cans, people roll them, people turn them upside down, people do both. I don't know. It's that's his thing, not mine. Speaking of roll, yeah, most labels say roll or turn upside down. Speaking of rolling them, listeners to the show will know that the Minnesota trio busted my chops a little bit. Phil told me that it needs to be shaken, and then Danny told me that it needs to be rolled. So when I did that. Based on their advice, like, no, no, we were just kidding. We were just kidding. So, this is, Steven's itching to have this. The floor is smoothie. This is like a collab. 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 I don't know how he says collab instead of collab. 
between Great Notion out in Portland and 450 North from Indiana. So Great Notion is definitely my like gotta have beer like my we were talking about Pokemon earlier. Pokemon we're comparing to beer. The gotta have around here is eight state. So to my out out west or whatever Great Notion is my Pokemon beer. Great Notion. You ever had anything from Great Notion? They do IPAs. They, they do IPAs. They do sours. They do collabs. They do all kinds of stuff. Wayne, I won't give you any more because I know you don't like this style. <laughs> you never know. This might be the one that turns me, you know. Well, I would hope. If you don't like something between these two breweries, you're never going to like any of them. I like that great notion coffee thing that we had around Halloween time. I smell the devil's lettuce. Uh-oh. <laughs> How are you getting uh, that? <laughs> well, I don't smell that at all. And I, like I smell sourness. <laughs> Eddie, oh, I don't even know how the hell you bounce back after that one. Take a sniff of it. What do you get? I'm not getting that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting that either. And this man? You're going to be off on an island. Your wife's going to tell you you're crazy. You're smoking, man. You know, Eddie and I are from South Florida, and like that is not well, the devil's lettuce. <laughs> In my defense, we've been drinking some pretty high gravity beers. So it's, it's the devil's kale. Not the not devil's that. kale. <laughs> I said it was the devil's lettuce. Devil's I'm kale, I love it. I'm, I'm not a sour guy by any means. This is amazing. So it's amazing. It's so sweet. Right. Is this a. I'm having a healthy smoothie. And it's got a mouthful of like yogurt. <laughs> this is. Is this even beer? I won't say passion fruit or uh, or uh, but this is guava. Eddie, by the way, this is my wife, Miss Mayor. It almost tastes like a pog, you know. <laughs> it almost tastes like a pog, like a passion orange guava. Yeah, that pog from Scotland, but ten times better. You know, Chase, if you could bring me stuff like this all the time. You may turn me on the the sours and the the. Well, the I, I may turn you if you just have an open mind about Berliner vices. <laughs> See, that was a, that's not one of those pop you in the mouth. It's healthy sour. It's not one of those traditional mm. sours that just goes oh fuck her face get you yeah Eddie's pointing to his jaws. Get you to that pucker point. You know, I think sours. I think of the uh, old Keystone Light commercial, the bitter beer face. This is not bitter at all. This has got a little bit of sour to it. It feels like you're drinking something healthy. Yeah. This is like, like you were saying, like drinking ice cream. It's delicious. Very, very good. And I'm not a sour guy at all. Ah. All right. Got our Wessel wet. Steven, do you feel uh, your holy grail of beers has been satisfied? It's been satisfied, yep. My, my holy grail of breweries, not necessarily beer. Oh, beer. That I beer wasn't on my radar, but just the brewery, you know. I had uh, all of us have people that we reached out to that we trade beer with on Instagram. 
I had a beer trader for Great Nations, and then she moved away. And I don't have a, a contact, so when I saw that you had that, you know, I gave you I gave you your first Great Notion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The pumpkin one. You and popped a Great Notion cherry. Yes. I did. <laughs> well, now, for those of you out there listening, if you have access to Great Notion and want to support our channel, feel free to email us at upstatebeerboys at gmail.com. Let's work something out. That is some good stuff. I'd seen that on Instagram actually this morning, and you know, for sours, that's not bad at all. I I I, I enjoyed it. Very good. Now let's go for the next one. We'll go back to three out of our four personal preferences to an IPA. We're still we're still curving. We're still getting Wayne on the learning learning curve for this. And this who is a fan of. Uh, Harry Potter? Uh, Miss Mayor. <laughs> Harry Potter. Everybody at my house. Is that a Harry Potter beer? It's called the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, Lord. This, All right. this is also, <laughs> get ready to laugh at me again, this is also a collab. A collab. Collab. Capital O. <laughs> Capital O. Yes. <laughs> He is from Connecticut, so he pronounces it collab. It's speaking. It's speaking of Connecticut. I think that's just me. I don't think that's Connecticut. I think it's just me. <laughs> speaking of Connecticut, one of the beer, one of the breweries in on this is called Lock City, uh, out of the out of Stamford, Connecticut, city I used to work in when I had to work in an office, um, <laughs> and they collaborated there. No, you can say collab. I give you permission. <laughs> With District 96, a brewery in Westchester, New York, not too far from Stanford. Um, and this is Dry Hop. This is the Imperial IPA, Dry Hop with Idaho 7. Talking my language. Cashmere and Strata. So let's uh, venture up to Hogwarts and see what this has to offer. <laughs> the Hogwarts. Let's see what the sorting hat has. Yeah, one day I have to take my wife. And my daughter, or our daughter, to Hogwarts at Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. Great writing. Eddie, would you like a fresh glass instead of... Uh, uh, okay. you, you can use a smoothie glass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that, too. If you guys are doing this, you can stop for what house you think you're on this. I have no idea. What? You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... Oh, I watch it. Fair. I'm all about Harry Potter, but... Ask your question. You don't need to figure out what house you're in. 4.2. 4. 4.2. Hmm. I would say somewhere between Gryffindor and Hufflepuff. Yeah. So there's a Montana board. If you look it up, you can take the question. Yeah. 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 I'll take the house that has the best beer. <laughs> um. Uh, my my brain is uh, losing it. What's it called? What's it called? The butter beer. Butter beer. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They have that at Universal Studios. Oh, sorry. No, no. See, I was very juicy. I got a uh, super hoppy aroma from it. Does it smell like a devil's lettuce? I can. I can. We can check out. No, it's very, very. It's a definitely a juicy, hazy idea. Not the dumb devil's lettuce or the uh, devil's kale. Devil's kale. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Not up my nose, that's for sure. Well, you gotta snort it like Steven. Yeah, that's true. I'm not snorting it. Um, I'm not sure what I pick up on it. I'm not getting grapefruit. I'm getting a little bit of fruitness to it, but I can't place it. This is all hoppy. Hoppy aroma, hoppy flavor, but the bitterness not overpowering. All right, ladies and gents. Cheers. Cheers. After we drink it. Cheers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cheers. Well, I got one wrong. All right, Wayne, what, what do you think? You're the resident uh, non-IPA person. So on the Chamber of Secrets, <laughs> very hoppy. Not much in the citrus realm at all. Very uh, slithering, if you ask me. Very slithering. Slitherish. <laughs> Slitherish. <laughs> Slitherish. Miss Mayor, what are you playing? I don't nope. taste grapefruit at all. Um, definitely. Maybe a rotten grapefruit. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. hoppy. Dang. <laughs> Very hoppy. Yeah. Get, getting uh, the, <laughs> getting him out of his his comfort zone, so to speak, for Wayne. I like the hazies, but this one's a little bit too hoppy. The double IPAs are still a lesson we need to keep on learning for you. Check back in six months to a year. So then let's say, before we crab on the next one, let's just do a quick word association. Albus Dumbledore, what beer style do you associate with Albus Dumbledore? Dude, I've watched eight minutes of Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are even talking about. However, I'm here to participate, and, and uh, I'll let you go with the Harry Potter reference. I'm it say, is a cool writing universe, so I have to, I have to <laughs> give it to him. It's a really, really cool writing. Yeah. I'm going to go lager. It's old. It's oh, one of those classical ones. Is there an Imperial Lager? I'd say he'd be an Imperial. Well, apparently there's an Imperial Pilsner. There, there is. Because so. <laughs> he's not this well hardened character. Stouts like Snape. But Stouts are powerful, and Dumbledore is powerful, so... Mm. Barley wine? A barley wine, yes. It's better than reading the books. Yeah, yeah. But hey, if you want, my wife's got all the books. So we had a sour. We had an IPA. How about a stout? Half of that collab was from District 96. This is also from District 96, and it's also a collab, but this one is with Woven Water, Woven Water Brewing Company. And this is District 96 Pastry Snake. It's a pastry style with lactose and nuts. They're coming in at a hearty 10%. And uh, what do you think, Wayno? Pa pastry stout? Is that your jam? We'll try and see. 
I do like a stout, but pastry stouts, I haven't had too many of them. <laughs> Yes, you did, actually. You just had one around Christmas time. Yeah, one. One. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. I'm not worried about uh, cross-pollinating this beer because it's just going to take over whatever was in this glass before. Or it's typical stout fashion. Thick as motor oil. Love it. Wait for Eddie to run back with a new glass. What do we got? What do we got here? This is the pastry snake collab. There has to be somebody out there that just sits around and, and mm. comes up with these names. I mean, they're so creative as of late. Now, the one District 96 that we had before on the show was a. It was also a snake reference too, and that was a. I think yes. it was a double IPA. And that pale, was actually pale ale, or no, snake ale, snake ale. Yeah, and that was actually really good too. Yeah. This is a. Oh. Ooh. Oh. I can smell the potency on this oh one. Oh my goodness. Any kale? Any kale? <laughs> Devil's kale? <laughs> no, but high octane for sure. This is like. I'm, I'm about to give a, a brewery uh, in Charleston a shout out. You guys are talking about snakes and stuff. I had an amazing IPA, which actually we're, we'll have it next week. It's in, it's in our cooler. Um, probably have it available next Thursday or Friday. Um, my two blokes in Charleston called the Throat Tremor, and its logo is an actual cobra. Oh, amazing, amazing IPA. So hopefully you guys can be okay. back and try one. Sure. This smells like an Oreo to me. It's cookie. It's, it's cookies. It's creamy. Yeah, like a brownie, Oreo, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Mm. That's drinking a cookie. You say it. That's exactly, I would say, liquid cookie. <laughs> I hear you say brownie. Mm. That's got very, very good it chocolate. one way, but try it. Very good chocolate overtones. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is phenomenal. Mayor, are you done being social? You can try rejoin the show and try the pastry snake. Well, <laughs> I had to run to the little boys' room, and then one of Eddie's patrons was talking to me about the Harry Potter beer and was giving me some knowledge. So I kept being rude and decided I want to talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> You call y'all call y'all have nicknamed me the mayor for a reason, you know? Yeah, we did. Very we did. So what are we drinking, fellas? Well, we've already started drinking it. It's the pastry snake. Cheers. It's a collab. Cheers, One more before the show. <laughs> oh, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Between uh between District ninety six, of which that IPA we just had was also a collab from and uh I'm gonna Woven? try not to sniff it to get Woven it. Water. Lactose you missed and nuts. it earlier, Eddie. We were we were doing the recording 
and I sniffed the beer, and it was a little further than I thought it was, and it come out the other side of my nostril. <laughs> well, it's not the first time he's done that on well, the show. It's quite hilarious. First time in front of his wife. This is chocolate. <laughs> so you didn't see so while well, you were running off. You didn't get to hear our our reaction, so they don't taint your reactions. So what do you think? An unadulterated opinion. Chocolate cookie dough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think his his description was exactly what what I was thinking. It's it's a liquid cookie. It's very very good. What what's the ABV on this one? It is ten. It doesn't taste like a ten. No, it does not. Usually no. <laughs> an imperial stout. I mean, usually you're in that that nine to twelve percent. It does not taste that strong at all. It tastes yeah. like a seven, which oh, is seven. very dangerous. Six seven. Yeah. yeah. The IPA was not too far behind it, but a little bit far that behind it, and that tastes way more. That tasted way more boozier than this one does. Contains lactose and nuts. There you go. Definitely taste the wheat, the, 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 the sweetness to the lactose that was added in. The pastriness of it definitely comes through. Barefoot. It's delicious. Very good. <laughs> Our pyramid of cans. So I know I'm coming in late, but how'd you like that messenger of the city? So oh, that's one it, of our favorite yeah, beers. Jason and I first had it at the beer festival. That is John Sharkey, one of our sponsors, at the very bottom of our sign. Uh, he let us come in there, and that was one of the beers that Service Brewing had. And then when we came for your one-year anniversary, when you invited us in, and that was one of the first beers I saw that you had in your freezer, or your fridge, sorry, your fridge. And uh, Chase and I have been looking for it. Not uh, not unsuccessfully, by the way, because yeah. Stephen ran out right away and had to happen to see some at a at a total wine. And I ran out at a um, Midlands area pouring bottle shop kind of deal, and I saw it, so I grabbed it. It's 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 definitely one of the prettiest hazy IPAs you'll see. It's one of the juiciest hazy IPAs you'll ever find. Taste. I don't know if Wayne's ever found it. I haven't found it, but hadn't looked for it. But it's on my radar. It's on your radar, but would you grab it if you found it? Absolutely. <laughs> I do like a hazy, and the can art is phenomenal, and I'm a sucker for good can art. Well, staying with the veteran owned, we were talking about 13 stripes earlier, plank and plank owner. owner. We definitely need to reach out to Service Berlin one day and go down there. Definitely a Savannah tour is in store for the Upstate Beer Boys. Keep it. I'll join you. Hey. Eddie's on the road! Eddie's on the road! Let's go. Yeah, so real quick, when my wife and I, that was our honeymoon spot. When we got married, we went down to Savannah. We stayed in downtown. We went to Service Brew, and I'd already been reaching out to them. And uh, our last anniversary, we went down there, and the guy, he's, he's veteran, military, so 
he gave us a full blown tour of the brewery um, and told us some background story of the brewery. And when you walk into this place, there's a huge Connex box, which is like a storage box. It's two stories, so the office space up top. And his wife, or excuse me, his girlfriend, kind of did that as a homage to him because when he was serving overseas, their barracks was a Connex box. All his brothers slept in a Connex box. So when you walk into the bar, the taps are actually connected to a Connex box. That's awesome. To, to pay homage to him. And there's a big American flag hanging. And they've got a board where you can actually go in and say, I'm going to pay you, Eddie, for a beer, but I'm not going to drink it. I'm going to allow a first responder to come in paying it forward. and take that off. Yeah. That's awesome. That's what um, the Pine Station and Easily does as well. Yep, they do. I'm going to buy me a beer, I'm going to buy one, and pay it forward. That's excellent. Excellent. Before we uh, venture up to Spartanburg and talk with Cyclops Sidarium Ciderian Brewery, Eddie, do you uh, have any last words about what's going on with the clock tower? Any future events? Hey, we, we always have something fun going on. Uh, make sure that you know you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Always have uh, dancing events or you know, karaoke or you know we have a drunk, drunk spelling bee coming up in a couple weeks, which is going to be oh. awesome. Um, but no, we always have something fun going on and uh, appreciate having you guys out here. Always, always, always a good time. Looking forward to our road trip. So hey, let me know when, yeah. when you're ready. Uh, we'll take the show on the road. Upstate Beer Boys on tour. Time. And as far as that drunk spelling bee is concerned, is it a minimum four beers proof? And you drank before you go to attempt a word? Yes. 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 <laughs> or two ten percenters. Yeah. Hey, we gotta bring some more of this distinct uh, you know chocolate. That'll get everybody going. But no, yeah, no, it's drunken spelly bee, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta have a few before and then a few during, so it's a lot of fun. Would, would that be a possibility that we could come in and do a recording just on that for our podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> We'll use Wayne's mic so it picks up over any kind of other music. I, mean, I, I really think that would be cool because, you know, we do a podcast to talk to breweries. We talk to all these people that own tap rooms, but just the fact of us being able, us being able to just to do something like that that supports a local tap room, I mean, I'm down for it. I mean, i got to talk to y'all about it. Yeah, a couple weeks away. All right. that being said, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Upstate Beer Boys. And keep it right here. Ears open, eyes open, and we'll go kick it with the uh, Origin Brewers up at Cyclops in Spartanburg. Upstate Beer Boys, keep it with us. Cheers, guys. The only joint my mama burned was on the rural route. She parked in old man Tater's woods so she wouldn't be found out. Turned off her dome light, snuck off by herself. Crashed down beneath that window, fired it up, gave it hell. At that hangout, my daddy used to hang around. We watched it all go up and smoke until it all came down. Just like that, the taps and stools and tables got turned to the only joint my mama ever burned. I'll get sassy and bluegrass. Come on. Welcome back to the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. 
We are here in beautiful downtown Spartanburg at Cyclops Cidery and Brewery. We are here with Rich. Rich, thank you for hosting us this afternoon. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, glad to have you here. <laughs> All right. If you would, just take a moment and just uh, give us a little rundown of uh, this place here and tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get started. All right. Well, uh, we're Cyclops Cidery and Brewery. Uh, we've been the second craft brewery in uh, Spartanburg behind R.J. Rockers. Uh, it was uh, founded uh, by uh, two couples, uh, the Wilcoxes at the Garrisons, uh, and uh, Colby was the uh, original uh, face of the business. He was the original uh, brewer. Uh, you know, he, he made all the recipes. He was formally trained as a chef, new flavors, uh, and he built this place from the ground up with, with the Wilcoxes. Uh, my, uh, my wife, and I uh, joined the business uh, about three years ago. Um, fortunately, uh, Colby passed on about soon after that, um, unexpectedly. And uh, so now the business is owned by uh, Sydney Garrison and my wife, Jill. Uh, so it's a 100% women-owned group, which is a little unusual. Uh, mm -hmm. Traditionally, it have been, you know, historically, in hundreds of years ago, that would have been normal because women made the beer. But Absolutely. Uh, but uh, it's unusual in these days to have a woman over Can we um, dig a little deeper into that for, for a couple minutes? Um, at, at some point last year, there was a push on social media about the craft beer industry not always being most welcoming right. to women, making a uh, dent, in it, dent in the craft, so to speak. Um, what's your experience been like with that? Has there been any a lot of or any negative reactions, emotions, any kind of difficulty pushing pushing boulders uphill, so to speak? Not, not in that area. Uh, that's never been a problem with us. Uh, we've had uh, production assistants, uh, assistant brewers, uh, you know, we, that are female. Uh, you know, we, we don't look at people by their gender. And, you know, as you can tell by, you know, the sticker on the window, we don't care about the color of your skin. We don't care about the religious beliefs. We don't care about your orientation. Uh, and I know that is a little unusual in the brewery industry, especially, you know, in the South. Uh, but uh, Colby, uh, when he founded the business, he found it under that he didn't care who you were when you walked into this, into this place. What he wanted you to feel was that you were in a place where you were welcome. And that you welcomed everyone else, and he treated this place like a, a family. Uh, and it could be dysfunctional at times, right? But like families are, <laughs> yeah, but, right. but that's okay, right? And, you know, you support each other, you love each other. You don't always agree, but you know that's okay. And, and that was the place he wanted. He wanted to build a community, and we have held to that to this day. Excellent. Um, so I want to expand upon your story and the image, the imagery here of that now. You know, anyone who's been here is familiar with the logo. Anyone that's heard of your brewery is familiar with the logo. We've discussed with previous guests about how hard or easy it was to decide on a name, to decide on a logo. Cyclops people typically think of a mythical creature with a lone eyeball, lone right. giant eyeball. Right. So what went into designing the logo, coming up with the name? It is a very clean and crisp type of modern Art Deco type of logo. What, what's the, what was the mentality behind creating the name, the logo, yeah. etc.? So, so Colby's wife, Cindy, uh, was uh, he'd always introduce her as Cindy with one eye. 
Well, because there's C-I-N-D-I, oh, right, I right? So there was always the Cindy with one eye. So that's kind of how it got started. And of course, the mm -hmm. weird on the spelling with the C-I instead of the C-Y. Right. Um, that also is, uh, you know, search engine optimization and that type of thing. So that helps with that. Mm -hmm. uh, we, he even passed a joke with some of our regulars initially, you know, when he keeps saying Cindy with one eye. And someone's like, she doesn't have one eye. I said, yeah, it's a glass eyeball. Don't look at it too hard. <laughs> and and uh, one of our regulars couldn't look at her for like months because, and, and it was the running joke. And she's like, she must not like me. It's like, oh, no, I told her since you had a glass eye. <laughs> so then that joke was up at that point. Um, so so that's where that came from. It was just a, just a you know an easy way to kind of point out it was Cindy with one eye. And then... That's where the logo came from. Uh, you'll notice there's actually two logos. If you look around, there's the, the round logo that's up on the wall here. But mm -hmm. if you look on, like, the door over there as you walk out, it's, it's, uh, it's more of a shield type of a, a logo. Right. Uh, we've kind of gone back and forth on, on the logos. You know, the round is kind of easier in some ways, but it's not as easily to read because you kind of, kind of read around the circle, whereas, mm -hmm. you know, with the, the shield design, it's all kind of horizontal. So... We flip a little bit back and forth depending on where, what we're doing, so it's not easy. I, you know, those types of things aren't easy at all, um, but it is recognizable. Uh, you see the you see the one eye, so right. Uh, and we and we do play on that one eye, like with the pterodactyl, the IPA. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we use that eye uh, in most of our cybers will have something to do with the word eye, like I am a fudge, uh, like pine apple remembrance with a EYE in the middle. So right. we try to put that as a little twist on it to help with the, you know, just kind of putting that name to it. Mm -hmm. You've talked about the background and the backstory on it. You've talked about the logo. Um, your motto is making absurd the norm. Can we dive a little deeper into that and see what, what's the meaning behind that? Because I'm, I'm pretty interested in hearing about that. So, um, Kobe used to say that you can make a beer out of anything. And someone said, okay, whatever. Uh, and uh, so he was challenged one day, said, okay, make a beer out of baseball bats. So he did. Uh, it's called Phoenix Rising. Uh, we will brew that uh, sometime during the month of February. Uh, what we do is an ESB. Okay, so it's, it's, in the, it's, in, it's in the Brown family. Right. Uh, and we take uh, baseball bats. We take oak, uh, birch, and maple bats. I, and we we go to a pizza place. Uh, we've done uh, Venus Pie. Uh, we've done uh, Sawwall a couple of years ago. For Sawwall's uh, gone now, but uh, we've done Venus Pie a couple of times. And we roast them in their oven, which is going to start to bring out some of the tannins of the wood. And then we char. So now you've got the smokiness. So the beer is made, and then we put six bats in the fermenter. It's a three-barrel system, so you get basically 100 gallons out of it. So, and so you get the smokiness and the, and the woodiness that's brought into the beer. And obviously you've got to strain it and filter it to you know, have it go through. But, but the taste you get out of it, you get, you get a, not, not, as, not as strong as like a wash beer. Not, not that smoky, but you get a little hint of smokiness. You definitely get the woodiness, and it's a really smooth, that's a very popular beer. I'm going to release that on opening day of the baseball season. Nice. I'm, I'm impressed by that, not only because it's such a random thing that you're using to make a beer, but having the scientific foresight to, like, it's not like, okay, let me throw a baseball bag in a pizza oven and see what happens. <laughs> like, kind of knowing how it's going to work, how it's going to come right. out. Because right. that's such a random um, strategy to employ with something like that. You, you can't just do that on a whim and yeah. hope. 
Yeah, so you know, it, it, it's hard to, to always be absurd because, you know, if you get too absurd, then people are like, give you a really funny look. Uh, but we do trivia on, on, um, on Thursday nights. We start at 7.01 p.m. That was the thing he always started. He always started on the minute, not on the, not on the hour, not on the half hour. And I'm not exactly sure why, it's, other than it's a little absurd. Uh, so, you know, well, hey, so it works. it's in there watching the clock, you know, and it's like, it's all one. Okay, it's time to start. You know, not, not oh, well, we can wait another couple of minutes because we specifically said oh, one. Um, but we do that with, you know, we, if we can do something that's, you know, make it, make it crazy, make it fun, uh, that's what we want to do. Um, just because no one's done it before doesn't mean you shouldn't try it. And sometimes it'll fail, but sometimes it will succeed. Uh, like Francis Spears uh, that we have every year, uh, you know, we make... Uh, with uh, spiced Christmas cookies, and we pour bags of spiced Christmas cookies uh, as a secondary fermentation to the beer. Uh, this year, uh, the 2021 edition, which is now gone for the year, uh, was aged in a rum barrel. Uh, and so we had, uh, we have a Krampus night, which is the first Friday of December, which is traditional. December 6th is Krampus night, historically. Uh, in Eastern European tradition. And uh, we have a person come dressed up as Carapace, but Krampus went to the Caribbean, so he was dressed up as a pirate. So, nice! <laughs> and, you know, we, 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 have, we have music, we have games, uh, and then we have what we call the area, and the grievance is almost like a festival type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, we're trying to make it fun. <laughs> Speaking of names to beers, you spoke a little bit about the pterodactyl theme. Um, and we were at one of the previous guests was Pinji in Greenville and Pinji of course has a dinosaur theme to the name as well. How do you, how did you come up with the idea to go with the dinosaur theme and you know not to create any uh, unnecessary rivalries but can you like claim like OG status on okay we're the dinosaur brewery. Well you know one eye was the flagship IPA and it was one of the first one of the first beers that was made here. So and that was six years ago. So, uh, but Pterodactyl, uh, really it was just about, he was working on a recipe and he was watching some show on, you know, Animal Planet or something and was talking about dinosaurs and, and that's where it came from. But the other part of it too is, uh, it's also our Wi-Fi password and there's nothing more fun than when someone says, hey, what's your Wi-Fi password? You say Pterodactyl and you walk away. And then you look back and they're like... I'm like, you do realize it's on the menu board three times, and it's actually written up on the wall there. But And, of course, there are some people that, that actually come up and say, I want the one I put there, because they don't understand how it's actually spelled. Brilliant. Um, really, 2022. But, but, but we have that with uh, with Barry Key, because, you know, uh-huh. they look at Q-U-A-Y and say it's Quay, and we politely say it's, it's Key, it's Irish. Uh-huh. You know? um, but we have that a lot with the names and when they look at certain names they don't know how to we, we kind of chuckle um, my first time here was quite a while ago but I had a milkshake IPA that was very complex called Shaking on the Beach I picked up pineapple notes but it was very creamy so it's kind of two things that you don't necessarily associate together with the same beer um, now do you per- based on the fact that there's a cidery and a brewery is it the the preference of your brewing staff to brew ciders or brew beers? Like, what's more the forte coming out of the back room and what styles are your, kind of your go-tos to kick around so def- back there? Definitely, definitely the preference is always to make beer. Cider is tricky. Um, while there are, you know, you don't have the boil and, and the hopping and, you know, all those little steps, cider is very finicky. Uh, it wants to be fed 
maintained. Um, it is very easy to uh, have sulfur built into it, uh, and it's a tricky thing to do. And sometimes you, sometimes with certain flavors, you'll still always get a little tiny bit of sulfur, and, and that can put some people off. So it's really a challenge to make sure that you uh, you get it right. Uh, with beers, you know, beers are a lot less finicky. Uh, the yeast, yeast is what you would need to eat when it's done, it's done. Uh, and there's no, no unusual byproduct most of the time on a beer. Uh, that said, um, when we make cider, uh, we, we, we love when we get the finished product out of it because we are one of just two places in Spartanburg County that make cider at all. Uh, one of just a handful in the state that makes cider at all. And uh, so it, it is a differentiation. We do have a lot of people that come in here specifically for science. And so you have you know, the best of both worlds. You, know, you can have both. That's um, juxtaposed what you said about beer being uh, less gimmicky. Uh, fickle, rather. I'm sorry, less yeah. fickle. Um, typically, classical styles are beers that you can't hide things in. Right. So... How do you juxtapose those two things together by saying beer is less fickle, but also, depending on the style, it may be a style that can't necessarily hide the screw up? Well, you have to be careful. I mean, you have to start with a good recipe. Uh, and our shrinking half of bison, uh, that was a recipe that had been tweaked and tweaked and tweaked for many years before we, we landed on one that and, and started selling it. Not many years, it was about a year. Uh, and we, we've started with the recipe. Uh, we are a temperature control brewery. So we are, you know, we don't have, we have, don't have the double jacketed fermenters with temperature control on it. So we have to use yeast that, that live in the temperature range that, that our tap room is in, which is basically 78 to 74 degrees, that typical range. And we have found yeast that work well for that. Um, and we make sure that we hit, we strike our right temperatures. We have the right to follow our recipes very religiously uh, and use the right ingredients. And maybe we're maybe we're lucky. Uh, you know, we have a lot of breweries. Brewers come in from other places and go like, "You're not temperature controlled." <laughs> and we're like, well, "I don't know what you mean." I mean, it's it, some people would uh, our, our brewer right now would say that. If you're a homebrewer, it's a lot easier to brew on our system because it's more what you're used to. If you're used to a professional system where you know you're just pushing buttons on there to control everything for you, you're not you don't have that that old school mentality about how to make beer. And I think that's probably why some people would would, would question how we make the beer system. Well, sounds fine. It sounds like you're um, like you said, old school. Yeah. All right, so we've talked about the, the beer in the background or whatnot. Um, usually Steven asks this question, but um, talk about, if you can talk about your food options here, because, you know, we've been to some breweries where they have food trucks in. Some of them have full-service kitchens. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, the potential food options here. So, so we are somewhat limited in our food options uh, because of uh, our, our lease obligations. Uh, we aren't allowed to have food trucks in here. Uh, you know, we're not allowed to do burgers, and we're not allowed to do breakfast. Uh, but uh, and so we have a very small kitchen. Uh, but we try to have a little bit of 
a little bit of everything that can kind of satisfy. So, you know, pretzels, obviously, pretzels are going to go together, right? So we have them soft Bavarian pretzels. Uh, we went from a couple of years ago, once, and this is really a COVID thing, we made a change. We went from the big, you know, the, the loop pretzels, you know, with the paired arms and all that, to the pretzel sticks. They're made the exact same way, but it makes it easier for sharing because mm-hmm. then you get to each take a stick rather than breaking apart a pretzel. So, right. you know, we made that decision a couple of years ago now, just about. Um, we have, you know, fruit veggie plate. Uh, we have a couple of sandwiches. We rotate some specials here and there. Uh, you know, it's like I said, it's 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 limited. Um, you know, it's you don't come in here to have you know, a, a full sit down dinner. We have flatbreads. Uh, mm-hmm. We have you know, meatball subs, uh, grilled pimento cheese. Uh, our cheeses, we we make pimento cheese in house. We make Dorset cheese in house. We we make our beer cheese with our own beer. Uh, we're not we're not starting with our own base now anymore, but we are still using our own beer to make make the beer cheese, um, and that's a pretty popular thing. We, we try to use quality ingredients. Uh, we try to make it well. So you know, if you want to, you want a lunch, it's a great place to come in for lunch. If you're not looking for something heavy, you know, just you know, a sandwich or something while you want to enjoy a beer or cider, uh, this is a good place to come in for that. Um, every, you know, if somebody says, "Hey, I, I want to go and get something," can I bring it in here? They call us. Sure, bring it in. We're not, we're not that pretentious. You know, we want you to come here and have a good time. Uh, as long as you know you're, you're you're ordering something from us, then you know we're good. <laughs> so. It sounds like the limitations you have on food are not so much as desirable, more because of regulations. Yeah, it's probably more of that. Um, obviously, you know, if we could do more, uh, we would we would investigate it. But it's worked for us. Um, we we can do some things. We participated in restaurant weeks um, as as a place. Uh, we had a, a vegan option and a non-vegan option. Uh, our vegan option had. A, uh, a mock fried chicken, and when it came out, it looked like you had, you know, fried chicken tenders, and it's solid. Yeah, but obviously, it's not going to taste exactly like right. fried chicken because because you can't do that. But um, you know, but the vegan people that were vegan loved it. Uh, there were a couple of customers that came up, and afterwards, they're like, I didn't like the chicken. I'm like, you didn't like the chicken, and then and when you get into it, they didn't understand. They didn't read it that it was mock chicken. chicken, so they thought it was actual chicken that was mock fried. Not uh, uh, well. uh, so we probably should call it fried mock chicken now that we think about it. But uh, there's always next once, once they said, "Oh, you know, what's going to Well, then it was actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we also had a grill deal, so you know, we we could do some things. Uh, uh-huh. We a couple of years ago before COVID, uh, we actually did a uh, for for Mardi Gras. We actually did a you know, a Cajun style dinner and kind of amped it up a little bit. Uh, not something we would do on a regular basis, but every once in a while, just to do something mm-hmm. fun and different. We'll definitely consider that kind of stuff. What would be, because we've heard from previous guests of breweries local and uh, our social media friends from around the country, that there's a lot of heavy regulations on beer, depending on where you are. What's the worst one you've had to deal with being around here? Uh, the, the one that, that frustrates us the most is some of the regulations around this distribution. You know, as a small, you know, microbrewery, uh, a three-barrel system. You know, if somebody wants a six of beer, you know, that's fine. But we're not making any money. Right? And, and obviously, the more places that our beer is at, this would actually bring more opportunities for bring people in. So there's a there's an opportunity cost of, of doing that, and that's okay. But at the same time, you know, it's it's not really 
it's not designed to be fair. Uh, you know, um, me being uh, a form of wine, so since majority of the ingredients are locally sourced honey, meat can be distributed itself by people can drop off meat here all the time. Mm -hmm. There's no, they don't have to pay the surcharge. So, so that's so you know, and that's a win for us and then and any other like establishment. Same thing with uh, with cider. If we could get 80% of our apples from South Carolina, which you can't, then we could self distribute cider. So, Windy Hill up in Rock Hill, they can do that. And that's good for them. And that's that's the way it should be for everybody. Um, other states like North Carolina, if you're below a certain status, you can you can do some self distribution. We we we're a part of the the Brewers Association. We fight that every year, try to get the state to change the laws. And, you know, hopefully someday they will. Do you ever see yourselves uh, like getting into canning the beer for like to go options or like into the local like grocery stores or anything like I that? I don't think we would ever do to grocery stores uh, as a three barrel system. We mm-hmm. really have to size up production to be able to do that. Uh, for beer to go, we do the, the individual prowler cans. We do the right. two ounce prowlers. Um, and so that's obviously an option for people. And if, and if we know ahead of time, somebody can obviously call in and say, you know, can you do that? Because I want to just grab and go. We'd be more than happy to do that for somebody. That would be an issue. All right, Rich. Let's get a little personal with the beer here at Cyclops. First of all, what's your favorite beer? If you can narrow it down to one. And, that's tough, yeah. And then secondly... Once you're done with that, if you could uh, tip your cap, maybe, to some future projects you have coming up. Okay. Um, so, my favorite uh, of all time uh, is probably going to be uh, Hot Swiss Mistress. Um, there is a, a reason for that. It's a chocolate chili stout. Um, it was because uh, that's how we got really involved with uh, Colby and got to know him as a person. Uh, we were attending an artist guild charity event and they had a selling option for a brewer, brewer for a day and it was here obviously and, and uh, part of that was we got to sit down with him and write a recipe and he wrote a recipe for us and we brewed we learned how to brew beer and uh, we had a great time uh, we took we took a day off from work and we got involved in it so you know that was a beer that has our name to it um, it's in untapped our names are listed in that and uh, and you know it turned out great uh, and, Except it's chocolate chili. Um, the subsequent uh, additions of that beer actually was made with peppers that I grew in my garden. Uh, and this year we've got we've got some sitting in a uh, barrel aging uh, with scorpion peppers. So it'll come out nice and nice and hot. Probably maybe in the fall. Maybe maybe in twenty twenty three. We haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. Bring it back. Just just we're letting it sit, letting it you know get nice and mellow. Because uh, it's when it's going to be a really spicy beer like that, you also want it to be smelly. You don't want it to be high. Wayne knows about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> as far as uh, you know, future stuff, uh, we we're looking at. We always uh, we talked about Phoenix Rise, and that'll be coming up soon. We've got a uh, a new uh, beer we'll be releasing here next week. It's, it's, it's a we haven't given it a name yet. It's a very basic stout. You know, we're thinking something like maybe, you know, be, being a woman on the business, you know, grandma's old-fashioned style or something like that. I don't know. But, you know, in an age of pastry shops, pastry shops and everybody adding lots of fruit and stuff like that, it's not that at all. It's just a straight-up style. There's no, there's nothing added to it. It's just a true 
dark beer. I want to be old fashioned, like you said, keep think of the cocktail old fashioned. Yeah, we we've done that before though. We actually made a uh, we made a sour uh, 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 Berliner Weiss basically that was old fashioned flavored drinks. Oh, that was, that was pretty good too. He stole my heart. He <laughs> my favorite thing, old fashioned a Berliner Weiss. Um, and uh, we're, we're, we've got a, a Kentucky Comet we've not done before. Uh, that's a you know an American beer style that you don't see very often. We've actually got that. Uh, I believe we just transferred that into the right, so we'll have that probably. In we'll definitely have that release sometime in February. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. All right. Um, and then um, we 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 really uh, enjoyed making sours. Uh, we got. Um, uh, we, we, we really hadn't done a lot of sours other than like the Berliner Weiss or, or Kettle Sour. We really hadn't made a true mm-hmm. sour because we were always afraid of, you know, contaminating the fermenter and, you know, every beer would come out sour. But we've learned how to do proper CIP and clean it out and not have that problem. Uh, so we'll probably make another one. The one that's on tap right now, the Bird Bite, was a collaboration with Arrowhead Design, the design company. Uh, they, 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 we did the original Bird Bite, which was an IPA. Uh, and this one is a, uh, which was a Bird Bite, that was called Bird Juice. Uh, and this one is a Skittles. So you can taste it. It's like, it's like eating Skittles candy, but drinking it, and it's a sour taste. Taste the rainbow. I might have, I might have a question later. About that, yeah. uh, so we'll probably make another sour because you know we're starting to uh, it's about time for us to make another, especially as you get towards the summer. Uh, and then from the cider side, uh, we haven't decided any new flavors yet. I think we, we want to. Uh, Blackberry's been on for a while, very popular. Uh, Island Punch has got so much different fruit in it, it's, it's expensive to make, but it's popular. Um, We've, we've talked about trying to make That's something a little sweeter. We're not really big on really sweet ciders, like a whole type of cider. Uh, whereas, like, when you can't see black cherry, we have like, I guess, tap right now. Um, but it's popular with people that come in. So we're looking at what could we do to make a little bit of a sweeter cider. We'll see where that goes. Now, the Swiss mess. Did it or did it not have anything to do with, uh, as far as naming it's concerned, did it or did it not have anything to do with Swiss Miss, the hot chocolate? Well, obviously not, because that would be a trademark <laughs> if you could French However, uh, it was a chocolate milk style, and it was an adult chocolate milk because it's got it's beer, right? It's alcoholic. Yeah. And so, and actually, the, the, the funny part about that story is that Moby, when we sat down, you know, he asked us what we'd like to eat, what we'd like to drink, and that's what we came up with the beer. He says, okay, I'll write the recipe. I've got it all in control. You can run through day. The only thing I just come up with a name. And my wife and I looked at each other, and we're not working with people. She wants us to do what? Yeah. <laughs> so we're driving here, we don't have names. We don't have nothing. And it probably wouldn't have been a problem. You probably had something in mind. So we come in and uh, we sat down on the, on the drive. We came up with the name, um, and uh, we come in and told us, uh, "Hey, you know, when I brew beer, first thing I do is always make a note on his brew sheet. What, what song did I start? Which is the thing yet? Okay. So he looks at me and says, "What song do you want to play? Or you know, what, what do you want to listen?" I said, "You know." It's a, it's a chocolate chili stuff. I thought red hot chili peppers. He said, oh, I love that. And that's why we started. And they said, okay, what about the name? And then I, you know, we said, you know, we had thought about this and this and this book. The one we settled on was Hot Space Mistress because it's an adult. It's going to be a little, you know, a little naughty. It's going to be a little spicy. Right? And it's chocolate milk because I love it. And that's how, that's how we got the name. But no, it has nothing to do with, with Swiss Miss Hot Chocolate. It's not a trademark infringement. Right. 
has, it, and it has actual chocolate in it, not not any powdered hot chocolate mix. I promise. Fox fired. <laughs> I see the letters coming in then. Uh, you know, there's another beer that uh, we found on tap called Snow French Toast. Oh. And, uh, oh. and we... Kobe, when he was alive, he, when it would snow, he would make pancakes for his family. You know, he called them snow pancakes. And so he made a beer once called snow pancakes. So obviously, we had some maple syrup in it, it was really sweet. Um, and he made snow waffles in the year, which was, I think, a blend. Um, and then we can't replicate. Uh, but we made snow French toast, so we actually try to replicate the taste of French toast. And that worked out really well. And that did use. Some cereal. Um, we'll send you names again. But we did use you know cereal to help flavor the beer to, to give it that sweetness and that cinnamon, maple type flavor. We first had a maple syrup. Sounds delicious. You know, I've been here a few times since I worked right down the street from you guys, and uh, one of the beers I've had here before that I really liked was called a tear in my beer. Yes, and um, I understand that's like a, a not a common thing. You guys brew it, I think, with the um, uh, theater right across the street from you. And um, before the interview, we were talking about uh, Grandpa's Crowbar, and it had a really interesting story. So I wonder if you could just. Uh, Recap that for our audience here. Sure. Um, so when when this place was being uh, renovated to open up the brewery, uh, it had been a Photoshop before uh, It tore down a lot of the, the drop ceilings and stuff like that, and stuff that were on the walls. And, and uh, Michael Wilcox, who was one of the you know founding uh, people of the business, had a, had a crowbar that was given to him by his grandfather. And during the process of tearing it all down. Crowbar broke. Of course, that was kind of a sad moment. It was a crowbar, and he's now no longer around. So they sat down and Colby interviewed him and said, Tell me about your grandfather. He's sweet, he's a strong man. Colby brought a recipe from him and gave it to Michael and said, You know, here's a recipe. Never made it. And then, at one point, then uh, our brewer uh, became aware of that, Darren, and he, he asked Michael about it and got the recipe. The recipe was a We had never made a barley wine before, so it stuck to brew for a single one. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we don't always have it on tap. It's one of those specialty things. I don't know if we'll ever make it again, but it was a very special place. Uh, the pale ale that you mentioned, um, we did try to keep a uh, pale ale on tap. Of course, you know, the lines between IPAs and pale ales are very hazy. And a lot of times we use single hop uh, Izaka, obviously the Izaka hop. Um, you know, we've used Comet, we use Calypso, um, we've used. Um, Hops like that. This here in my beer is not a single hop. Uh, it was just, uh, we needed a pale ale and we had some ingredients. We said, you know what, let's, 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 let's just try this. And we made it. Uh, and then we picked the name because they were doing the the, uh, the Hank Williams play across the street. Um, and uh, because of that, uh, that's Hank Williams' senior song. That's where my beer and that's where the name is. Exactly. Was. And we made it a second time. And we, we'll probably make it again because it has been pretty popular. 
Speaking of music, speaking of building and how it evolved, the giant eye painted on the wall, and maybe I'm not interpreting the artwork correctly, but it looks like it has a music staff behind it. Is that correct? And if so, is that related to Colby asking you what what song were you playing when you picking names of the year? Is there another story? Behind? I don't know the actual story to that one. I um, when we we uh, contracted with uh, the lady who was over at one of the spring treatment. She did the, the, the design in front of the building here and I don't know the story behind it. But I will tell you that when we do have live music in here, we do it under the eye. Uh, and we, we do it there. Uh, we've tried, like, in the area we're sitting in now, this little alcove area, but this is not the best venue for sound, but the best sound we get is when it's there, because that is going less interruption and less right. reverberation. Because when you go from here to that wall and back, it just, the sound just destroys itself, and it's not, not Yeah. On this show, we're big into supporting local and drinking local. Uh, you brought up a little bit of before with Restaurant Week. Um, I always like to dig into a little bit with our guests about their ties to the community, whether that's in the immediate the, the immediate case, in your case, Spartanburg, or greater upstate area, or even South Carolina as a whole. Now, whether that be your relationships with other breweries, when you do collapse, whether that's making exclusive releases for tap rooms, Previous guest of ours was Roddy's 221 Beer Garden, and they were big on the uh, Scottish Ale, I believe, that you made for them. Um, so, between collabs or releases or any charities or fundraisers that you're a part of, talk about the, and the active role that Cyclops takes in the community. Spartanburg, uh, South Carolina Hall, whatever the case may be. So, we have a, uh, a monthly program uh, called Cheers for Cost. And uh, we, we highlight a particular organization for that month. Uh, we have done stuff for the Humane Society. Uh, we have done it for the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, we have done it uh, stuff for the homeless. Uh, we've uh, worked with uh, Upstate Pride. Uh, and we try to pick a different organization uh, every month and try to come up with something. We didn't do anything for January, obviously, because it's right after Christmas. and. And what we have found historically is that you know, everyone's kind of spent out from the holidays and, and they really need a month break. And, and our staff needed one too because there's a lot of work on our staff that have to be involved in that and to coordinate. Uh, we've done stuff where we'll have vendor fairs come in and, and uh, you know, help to raise awareness for cause. We work with mental health. That's a very big cause uh, for us as well, mm-hmm. uh, the mental health issues. That's one of the underserved uh, causes out there. Absolutely. Not well understood. Um, so uh, that's a big thing for us. And what I would would say that if you know we've got listeners that are uh, passionate about a charitable organization uh, that are have uh, maybe they work for a charitable organization, uh, we would love for them to reach out to us. Uh, what we have found sometimes, this is not to be critical, but some of the charitable organizations are more than willing to receive the help, but aren't really that is willing to, or maybe don't even understand how to work with us. Um, there is a, uh, a model in Athens, Georgia, called Future Comforts. They have an entire website that's dedicated to the causes, and they presented it to the Catholic Conference. I was on the floor. 
with uh, the work that they do. Um, that's a model that I hope we get to someday. Uh, we are even close to what they can do, uh, but that is something that is a thing we're passionate about. We believe in tools and in any way that we can help. But what we don't want to do is attempt to help in a way that really doesn't have any meaningful impact. So, you know, right. Think, or, think an organization that they can throw a few bucks there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, what does that really do? Um, we participated in the Black is Beautiful in 2020. Uh, we uh, donated that to, uh, to a grow organization. You know who we're not going to put out right now? Um, and, you know, again, that was that was a nice thing to do. And the right thing to do. So we, we're very passionate about that. We do work with other brewers as well. Uh, the, uh, the Two Shakes of the Banana Tail is a collaboration with New Group. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, we love yeah, had that. that. You've had it at New Groove as well. Yeah. Uh, so again, we talked about distribution, right? So they made it at New Groove, and then we made it here. So they came to our place to make it, and we went to their place. To make it. <laughs> uh, I so like two, it. Two <laughs> little wraparound. So, so you actually could taste it in two different places, and you got something different. The ABV turned out different because they fermented differently. Mm -hmm. You were going to get a slightly different taste because of the way they do stuff and the way they do stuff. But it was the same recipe, and we followed the same steps. Mm -hmm. uh, to make the beer, and that neither one of us had a seven to the other, so it kind of worked out you know, that way. We, so we, we like working with breweries as well. Uh, you know, we've collaborated with uh, Mike Owen in the past, we've collaborated with R.J. Rockies in the past. Uh, actually, Mark Johnson was very helpful to uh, Colby when he started like, six years ago and actually welcomed him into open arms in the community. And that was welcome. One thing we always do. When we're wrapping up with our guest, is we talk about what we drank while we were sitting here talking to you. Um, so mine, I apologize before we started because I was a little late getting here, but I told Wayne, order me one of their high gravity beers because I had a rough day and I freaking need it. Um, so I start off with the Nightmare Before Krampus uh, 2019 version, mm -hmm. right? And it was Imperial Brown Ale, which I Oh, he's thinking of a pure, I think it was stout, not necessarily a brown ale. Right, right. 11%? 11%? It was double digits for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it did not taste like it. No. That is a sneaky beer. It yeah. smelled very spicy. It was, the flavor was smooth. It was sweet. Yep. And full May. Full May of all the gravity. <laughs> yeah, so you're right. It's, it's a brown, and, and we use um, speculous cookies as a secondary fermentation. Um, which, of course, there's a lot of sugar in that, but the yeast love, which really amps up the, the uh, ABV. And, uh, you know, we have ginger in there and cardamom and, and nutmeg, so all sorts of spices. So that's what you get that spicy taste from it. Uh, we've done different things with it over the years. Um, interestingly enough, in 2020, we did hit 10% for the first time, and we blame it on COVID. You know, why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is COVID's fault. Why not? That's it. Exactly. Uh, it's still it's popular. People like the 2020 edition, but you know, when people are looking just for high ABV, you know, they're gonna go for the the gravity that they need the highest ABV on the board. Uh, but uh, we we love doing that beer. Uh, that'll be around uh, when these eggs kick. That'll be done for the season. We do a three year rotation. Uh, so we have two sixes left of the 2021. And so the first Friday in December this year, the 2021 will come back out and we'll be out the year after that. And when those six days are gone, it's gone forever. We, we, we're not going to replicate it that way. Certainly not the barrel, will not be the same barrel. Um, and just the conditions not being in the environment, it's going to be slightly different. 
the other one I had, we already talked about a little bit, and that was the bird bite. Yep, yep, the bird bite sour, which is the... Uh, the Skittle Sour, um, and it's got a lot of different fruit flavors in there, which is really, really good. And the flavor of it, I'm not going to lie, it's tart. Yeah, it's tart. And um, I'm one that appreciates that. I don't think Wayne is. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 and I will tell you, but we released that beer. The, the best, I, was, I worked behind the bar that day, and it was the most fun I had uh, working behind the bar for some time because people were like, oh, yeah, I want the sour. I'm like, well, you like sour? Like, yeah, I love sour. Okay. You want to take the You want to taste the No, I'll just go for it. Okay, fine. Pour it, rip. And you, you watch that head snap. Boom. Oh. I'm like, you said, like, south. Yeah. I'm like, what's this? You're like, asking for oh, it. It's good. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, it is, it is, it is super south. Uh, that, that yeast that we use for that, it does a great job of making things south. The other note on it I wanted to guess is, Maybe it's the Skittles. I smelled it. So it's like the smell of beer first, of course. And I got this very familiar tropical type of fruit to it. I could not place. I, my brain couldn't place what exactly it was. So I don't, and I asked Wayne to take a sniff of it. And he was thinking papaya or... Um, Guava. Guava, something like that. But I didn't. It, that, that didn't catch. That, that wasn't what caught it's, my it's brain. Got, it's got a little bit of that in it, for sure. Okay. Yeah, he's playing his... <laughs> cards close to the vest yeah. there. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, well, maybe it was the Skittles. Maybe that's what I was Well, it, it does not have any Skittles in it, right? Uh, again, no trademark there. We're just using, we're just using it as a noun. Um, but uh, it does have, it does have a mixture of fruit flavors in there uh, mm. to to give you that. You can't, you can kind of pick them out a little bit, but it's really hard to to, to really figure out where they're uh-huh. Partner, what was in your glass? Which one? <laughs> Any of them. All of them. All right, so I got here before Chase because I have the luxury of working two blocks away, and I walked up to the board, and, and this plays back to our previous episode where we were talking about the uh, I need to go to the eye doctor because sometimes I can't see. And I picked out number 10 because it's a milk stout. And, um, you know, looked at it. It's nice and brown, just like your stouts. And I took a sip, and it's very smooth. And then, oh, wow, the back end of it's a little bit spicy. And I looked, and it's got not one, not two, but four different peppers in it. Uh, it's called Dead Men Tell No Tales, and I can certainly see why. So the story behind that is that Called Colby, woke him up, and shouted, Dead Man Tell No Tales! <laughs> <laughs> and from that, Colby wrote a recipe. And that's what he wrote. He wrote that beer. That's the way they that's the way they work. They just enjoyed working with each other and playing with each other. And, and Colby loved the challenge. It's like, tell me something, I'll make I'll make a recipe for it. The jump in life he got from that phone call is probably the jump in life that Wayne got from hitting the peppers. Well, you know, kind of like the sours, I'm not one for spicy beers, and if I had seen it had four different chilies in it, I probably wouldn't have ordered it. But I'm actually glad I did, because for the heat that it had on the back end, it wasn't like it was setting your mouth on fire and your head on fire, but it gave it enough of a kick at the end of it to say, hey, we're here. But it was very enjoyable. So after that, 
I picked out um, your Pilsner because I have a reputation of being Mr. Pilsner around here. Mm, I wonder who gave you that name. Mm, I don't know, Chase. <laughs> and I don't remember the exact name of it, but for a Pilsner, it actually has a lot of flavor, especially on the back end of it. Um, I can't quite pick out what it is, so maybe you can... Well, Going I mean, to a little bit. You're getting you're getting the hops out of it, right? Uh, that's a traditional German pilsner. Uh-huh. Um, so the story behind the name, if you look behind you right there, you see the little tin tacker for Radical Pilsner, which is a German brewery. That is yep. that is actually Vladimir Putin's favorite beer um, when he worked for KTB in Germany. And when he became leader of Germany, he would have a Lord Chancellor. Germany sent him Radeberger beer. So we made a beer based off of based off of the Radeberger German Pilsner, and we called it Vladeberger. <laughs> that's where the name comes from. Well that's very interesting, and you know uh I get razzed a lot from Chase because he says Pilsners are just basic and they have no flavor, and I really want him to try one because that has got a lot of flavor on the back end of it. And, and the, the thing about it is, is that the people that come in here and say, what do you got this like blood money? <laughs> that was Wayne one day. Um, Easy. Unfortunately, we don't have that view on the board, right? Because a Americanized Pilsner does not have that hot bitterness. No, it doesn't. From the German Pilsner. Now, during the summer, we make a different Pilsner. It is a, we call it Bohemian. There's no such thing as Bohemian Pilsner. It's closer to a Czech Pilsner. It's closer to what people would expect from a bitterness standpoint, except we also have lactose. It's called Sky Pilsner. And that beer, we, it's amazing. People love that beer. It's actually one of my favorite beers in the summertime. A Pilsner with lactose? Yes. Now it's not like it's 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 enough to give you a little bit of sweetness to it, right? But there is no bittering behind it as well. Mm-hmm. People just drink drink them one after the other. Just go, go crazy with it. That's, we only make it during the summer. We won't make it in the winter because it's not a true traditional German style. So Darren, our brewer, and, and, and other people before him uh, have always said, you know, it's not a true it's not a true German pilsner. So they're not as keen about making it. But at the same time, you also have to make what people enjoy and want, right? So that's right. the balance between the two. So in the wintertime, you tend to see more of the bladder butter. Sometimes you see sky glow. We'll start sky glow here probably when we get to April or so. We start going back to that. All right. And then the last one, um, I told Chase to surprise me. And he brought a, what was it? Five. Now he says it's not a dig at my age, but I really do think it is. But oh, it is a right, right. So, anyways, um, I believe it's a Russian Imperial, and it was really super smooth. Um, so, so that is actually the last beer on the board that actually helps to make. Oh wow! So that beer has aged for a long time. It's been now four years of the aging process. Wow. And um, we, we've brought out, you know, six months at a time just to kind of release. And that's the last one. When, it, when it's gone, it's going to be So the C-9-5 are a group of our Mug Club members. So top row with the, the shield, the shield uh, logo on it. Right, okay. Um, and they are people that drank 100 different beers here. 
Uh, back when we had that promotion, we had it before. We drank 100 different beers, and then they bought a mug, so they actually have a slightly bigger mug. Right. You know, I'm on there too. Uh, you know, it was something that it's like a it's a limited edition. It's only 50 people up there on the wall that have it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we've actually had people move away and say, "You want to take your mug and said, "No, I want you to do it there because I'm a part of this family and I don't want to not be a part of the family." It's mm -hmm. like, That's nice. Okay, we'll, we'll leave it. Uh, so anyway, so five of the regulars. We, we say five. They actually don't know how many of them there were because they were, you know. They're, they're older people. They've not really seen all of but you know they're all still working. But uh, but they're getting on in years. Uh, uh -huh. And they came in and they brewed with Kobe that day. And they just hung out, and told the stories, and made a beer. And, you know whether there was three or seven or twelve, it doesn't matter. They call it the Five. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we brought out that last bit for New Year's Eve this year because it's, it was time. It's, it's sitting to the point where you know if I keep it in, we keep it on. We're keeping it in the It's going to lose something, so it's yeah. time for us to finish it off. Um, when I we let our employees have a shift here at the end of the night, Friday uh, night, and that's usually mine because you know I have a special meeting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one day it's not going to be on the board anymore, and I won't ever be able to be happy. Yet, so I right. want to enjoy it. With the team. So I'm well, glad you got to enjoy that. That's that's a very special beer. And I'm honored because that's actually the first Russian Imperial that I've had, and it's super smooth. So um, I will well, definitely enjoy. You're it. aging, right? And because yeah, when you're sitting on it for for a while in the cooler, and it's just sitting there, it's getting mellower and mellower and mellower. And, and then, even the people that have had it over the years, and I, I can tell, you, it definitely has has gotten more and more mellow over time. Mm. Um, you know, you can you can let those age. You can't let an IPA age, but you can let a Russian Imperial age for quite a while, but. It's, it's been time for us to move on to something else. Uh, you know, he's, he's gone, and uh, we all miss him, but, uh, you know, life carries on. He would want us to carry on, so we need to we keep moving forward. All right, so kind of a follow-up to that. You've talked about, you know, Colby and whatnot and his legacy and whatnot. Where do you see the future of uh, Cyclops going you know, that's, that's a great question. Uh, you know, we had lots of great plans pre-COVID, and everything went haywire. Uh, <laughs> we all know that, yes, uh, sir. You know, we, we, we were lucky enough to, you know, receive the government assistance to, you know, keep the business open. Our customers were great when we were closed. We pulled up the garage door and the tables out front. People would come up all the time and you know, order for hours. To help, you know, remove the remainder of the food supply. They were to order the prices, you knowing they could bake them at home. And you know, we basically emptied our fridge. And people supported the business a lot. Um, we have a company here in Spartanburg make uh, T-shirts for the brewery, for breweries, and you know, they sold them for like ten dollars. And the funds came back to us to get to our sales. Anyway, uh, looking at it in the future, uh, you know, we're we're trying to. Figure out the best way for us to move forward. Um, you know, we're still struggling from day to day with uh, down business because of COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there we we try to be you know pretty uh, clean around here. If you can tell, you know, we we uh, we wore masks for a long time uh, when other people stopped. And we didn't, you know, what all of our employees had the opportunity to be vaccinated. We actually had the uh, We had vaccinations, two vaccinations, but it's COVID. 
Uh, after that was over, we removed all mask requirements and followed the CDC guidance at that point. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, what we want to do is we want to make sure that everything we make is top notch. Uh, we have to protect our core beers, so strength and enterprise, and when I turn that toward the West Coast IPA. We have our uh, Moza Roasters Double Coffee Stout is another one of our cores. Actually, uh, uh, gentlemen that's staying there at the ping pong table is the, uh, the head roaster at Moza Coffee. Okay. And, uh, nice. And so that's where we get the coffee from. That's why it has the name. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's been outstanding. We've got another batch coming soon. Uh, so we'll keep working on our core beers. Um, you know, sours, obviously, uh, we talk about sours. We want to make sure we always have good sour. Uh, have a good blend, and of course the size. And then also, you know, we, we've made some seltzers. We didn't really talk about seltzers. I think we've got two on the board. Um, the seltzers we try to make in the, what we call our cocktail series. So all of the Cosmopolitan seltzer, which is cranberry lime, and then you have Bahama Mama, which is you know, just like the, the drink. And mm -hmm. you say, like, you know, add your rum or uh, rum or vodka, and then you, you know, you don't have to mix all the fruit juices in there. You just make yourself a slightly stronger drink. There you go. Um, as far as you know, food goes, we're getting ready to launch a new menu here in the next week. Uh, try some different sandwiches. Just get something different for people. We're going to do some uh, regular Reuben. We're going to do uh, maybe some jal jalapeno cornbread. Um, some, a couple of different things. We'll still have some flat breads. We'll still have some different things. We're going to do uh, music the first uh, Sunday of the month uh, for the next couple of months. You know, we, we're hesitant to get back into music just because, you know, if your attendance is down, you have some come in, you know, they largely, you know, they, they come in here, they get paid by us, but they're also the tips if you don't have enough people in here. Yeah, they're here and the people that are here are nice to them, but you know, they're not making the money they need. Yeah. And we want to be fair to them too. Yeah. Um, we have our, you know, our... Our big events, you know, we did a Memorial Day smoke off last year that was very popular. We had our head brewer and our head kitchen uh, each uh, smoke a couple of uh, butts uh, overnight. And uh, the brewer won over the cook. Nice. And I say cook, he's, our, he's, our chef. he's actually, uh, he's also formerly trained. And he beat him. Uh, he was, was voted by the, by the people that came in. Uh, Fourth of July has always been very popular. Uh, unfortunately, due to the construction, we can't see the fireworks from here anymore. We have the best view. Now they had to move it back to Walker Campus, so that kind of ended that. But we'll still have a decent crowd for Fourth of July. Uh, our anniversary uh, in September uh, and uh, Oktoberfest, we do Cyclops Oktoberfest. Our Cyclops, our, our fest beer is always very popular. It sells out in no time. Uh, so we have our handful of events. But the main thing is, you know, we still want to make sure that we're doing stuff for the community, um, that people feel like that they're safe when they come in, first of all, that mm -hmm. I can come in here for any reason. You know, every once in a while, you know, like I'm doing the game show or doing trivia, someone says, hey, this person's coming in, they're not doing anything. So are they bothering anybody? No. It's not simple. You know, whatever. You know, I, we don't know what people's situations are, right? Uh, right. We've had people come in here and say, hey, this person's homeless, I want to buy them. Buy them a sandwich. Can you, buy, can you make, you know, order a sandwich and put it on my tab? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, they're well, well, just they're respectful, you know, and, and they do their part. Mm -hmm. uh, but we want to be that community, and we want to give back to the community when we can. Uh, where it's an event that 
know, if somebody, like I told you, somebody has an idea, like, you know, I have a, a situation that would be great if you could help, you know, tell us how we can help, how we could work together to make that happen. We'd be, we'd be ecstatic. Um, you know, we want to be here for many years to come um, and be a part of Spartanburg moving forward. Spartanburg has come a long way since I moved here in 2001. Uh, such a tremendous change. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and really proud of how the city has evolved and we look forward to its continued development. Well, we always like to give the guests the final word, and typically we tee them up to uh, talk about whatever they want to and also tee some future events. And heck, you just did a lot of this just now. So, in any event, Rich, final word is yours. What do you want to talk about? Well, I do want to thank you guys for, for coming out and spending some time with us today. Uh, it's good. It's great for us to be able to get our message out about who we are and what we're doing. We greatly appreciate that. Um, and, uh, you know, for your listeners out there, if there are things that we can do, um, you know, we are always open to input. Um, we, we are only as successful as the people that come and walk in our doors and how long they stay and, and, and how they feel about the place and what they tell people when they leave. So, you know, we're always open. Uh, we've got a, if you notice, we have a survey box up front. Um, at the register, check out, you know, tell us what you like, what you didn't like. We want that feedback. Um, and we also highly recommend you visit all breweries and stuff, not just us. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a brewery community, you know, and we we love the other breweries here. We have people come in from out of town and say, where else can you go? Hey, check out Check out Check out Frank Dollar. Check out Rock. Um, you know, and, and we're sure that they do the same thing for us. Um, you know, we're not really competing against them. We're really competing against ourselves. And we just want to be the best that we can. So, again, thank you guys for for uh, coming out here and spending some time and learning about what we do. Thank you again for having us. Kind of like you said you wanted to say... Uh, Rising tides lift all boats. All right. <laughs> I was waiting for that. That is true. Uh, thank you again, Rich, for having us. And thank you again to our sponsors, Motion Graphics, Upstate Realty, and John Shark of the Greenville Craft Beer Festival. Stay with us, boys, girls, and everyone in between. Next stop, we're going to dive into our Instagram contacts and take you for a walk on a more feminine side of the craft beer world. Upstate Beer Boys, keep it with us. Some old river boat. Always watch out for a red headed woman or oh, government man when he's thirsty for those things that I should have known. Don't call your ex up when you drink tequila. Don't drink tequila with Gustavo Frank. If you're shaking hands, Better meet it and don't buy forgiveness 
and welcome back to the Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. A big thank you to Cyclops Cidery and Brewery for the hospitality and for sitting down with us to talk about our favorite thing, beer. Gentlemen, we have not one, not two, but three special guest beer influencers today. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Please take a minute and introduce yourselves and your social media platforms. Who goes first? <laughs> you, go, go. <laughs> go first. Uh, my name is Brooke. Um, on Instagram, it is Brooke the Craft Beer Girl. And on, in, on TikTok, it is just the Craft Beer Girl. That's me. Hi, I'm Candice. Um, on Instagram, I'm Beer Loving Mother. On TikTok, I'm also Beer Loving Mother. I started my Instagram in the depths of COVID in 2020. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. My name is Rachel uh, on Instagram. I'm not cool. I don't have a TikTok. Um, <laughs> I am only <laughs> bruise.with.beerkowski. Was uh, COVID the, the, re the reason for uh, Brooke and Rachel's getting into this community as well, like Candace? Mine was not. Um, my husband was deployed uh, and I ended up moving home with my parents uh, to help with our kid. Um, and my dad got one of those beer advent calendars right around Christmas time. And so there was a small little page in Canada that we did. Um, we just did little beer reviews from whichever ones that we found in the advent calendar. Um, and then by the time I got home, once we got back from the deployment and everything back to Washington state, I was like, I need to keep doing this. I need to keep reviewing beer. So that's when I actually started on TikTok first, uh, and then branched out to Instagram just a couple months later. So it was like, just a couple months ago. <laughs> nice. Um, so I think my first post ever was like mid November of 2019. So that wasn't quite the pandemic yet. However, I didn't really get into anything or start posting uh, regularly until like heavy into the pandemic. Yes. So yes and no. <laughs> like finding that blue chip stock before it takes off. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. I got to turn that off. <laughs> um, so right off the top. Can I tend to, I don't know if this was a way, a controversial way to start off the interview, but can each of you go into a little bit about what it's like being a female beer influencer? Of course, no, the internet isn't shy of uh, shady and questionable characters at times, and women can, of course, find themselves subject to not always the best engagement on these channels. Have your experiences been overall as great as the content you put out there with minimal negativity, or is it always a balancing act? with your posts, trying to avoid these types of people, delete any appropriate material, et cetera, et cetera. Let's go, Candace, Rachel, Brooke. Okay. Um, actually, I mean, being a female beer influencer, I actually haven't had as many problems with like creepers or like weird guys sliding in my DMs and stuff. Um, and I think that's because like, you know, I try to keep my account minimal nudity. Like, you know, I try to keep it more about the beer. Um, like 
I am a mom. I do. I have a social media presence that's personal as well as public. So, and I have a professional job. So I want to make sure I'm not putting too much out there um, for the whole world to see. But uh, yeah, it it has, it's been really welcoming actually. I haven't had um, too many problems with like mansplaining or people saying, oh, you don't belong in this community. Um, everyone's been really, really welcoming men and women. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, uh, fortunately for me, I've also had uh, a really similar experience. Um, I've only had really awesome, positive things come from Instagram. Uh, I know that it is absolutely not the case for uh, many of my close friends uh, on Instagram. Um, but I've made some incredible friends, both men and women, um, because of this platform. And it has completely changed my life uh, for all of the better, which is something that is insane for me, I think, to say, because I never really understood how profoundly powerful uh, social media <laughs> can be to help, you know, get you out into the world and your message and your thoughts. And like, people actually want to hear what I have to say, like people, yeah, I guess they do. So I don't know. I'm lucky that also I'm lucky, same with Candace, that it's been nothing but good stuff. Dang, we're all kind of lucky, huh? <laughs> I'm just going to piggyback off of what they said. I think it's because, you know, like I have the same mentality as Candace. I'm a mom, you know, I don't want to be out there showing a whole bunch of stuff or, you know, there's, there's a certain market for that. And there are certain beer influencers that do that and good for them. That's amazing. And they get, you know, they probably get a lot more negativity than what we do, but I mean, listen, if I'm going to be showing that kind of stuff, I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> so it's not going to be up for free on Instagram. <laughs> I respect No, but that. like, exactly. So, I mean, it's been, overall, it's been really positive. I think the only negativity that I've ever really gotten is, you know, there's, there's always going to be the beer snobs. It doesn't matter if they're male or female. And if you put a review up and you have the wrong tastes in there. If you have the wrong flavor profile and someone's like, well, no shit, there's that. Or like, no, this, that's absolutely not in there. I think that's really the only ever like negative comments I've gotten. If I've gotten a flavor profile wrong in their eyes. Um, and then I <laughs> think the only other negativity is because I'm also a football girl. Like I'm a Packers fan. Yes. I get hated, I get hated oh. for that. But that's because it's football and everyone's ridiculous about football. So I'm sorry. My team is awesome and yours isn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, excellent. And, and speaking of the reach, of course, the three of us are in the South and the three of you are out on the West coast. So it's the community spans a wide range of, uh, geography if you will um speaking of just a quick follow-up because got indicated the um beautiful ones out there that do show a little bit more uh x-rated content the being that the three of you have very substantive content driven posts um do you feel like those accounts kind of muddy the water and to, to the more intellectual material you put out there or you kind of have a rising tide lifts all boats, whatever you do, you do. 
no, girl, you do you. Like, I support you in whatever it is you choose to do. Like, do it. If it makes you happy, if it makes you feel good and confident about yourself, whether it is posing in a bikini or, you know, talking about, you know, the flavor profiles in a beer, like it, it's all, it's all the same. Like whatever feels good to you, I fucking support you. The end. hundred <laughs> percent. There's like, there's a market for everything. And I feel like, just like you said, maybe we would look at them a certain way. I, there's definitely going to be profiles on Instagram who people who have actual like Cicerone experience, who are very, very intellectually knowledge about beer, who would look at our accounts where we do fun shit and have like these ridiculous captions. They'd look at us probably and be like, well, you know, so there is, there's something for everybody on Instagram and that's probably the best part about it. Totally. Yeah. I think the only thing that I could ever really muddy the water for is you know, if you have a flashy profile like that and that's, that's the way you're going to do it, you're going to get the more negative, um, you're going to get the more negative presence from other people. I mean, from especially males, because that's what they want to look at. So then it does become a little bit harder for, like, I have friends that are brewers and stuff like that. that are all females and it does get a little bit more difficult for them to be taken seriously, but I'm a hundred percent with these ladies. Like, if that that's what they want to do, go for it. Most of the time I'm the one commenting on there too. Like, damn, like you look good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mayor, what you got? Well, I just want to comment the, uh, <clears throat> talking about the flashy pages. I always told my wife, you know, I've, I've had my account since 2016 or 17 and I've got, uh, 1300 followers and most of them are breweries but i told my wife i said you know if i was just a female and i could just hold up a beer i would have 10,000 followers or 5,000 followers it just it's crazy to me how much of an influence women are on instagram not even having to show anything if you're a pretty woman you're definitely going to get a lot more followers um, and that's not me being sexist. That's me being jealous. <laughs> so, but, so I, I'm curious. So why, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because women are prettier holding beers than men are, which is not true at all? Or is it because people are intrigued by women that are like into beer? I think it's the intrigued by women, like pretty women that, uh, that's holding a beer and that's drinking good craft beer and not just macro beers. You know, I really think that's what it is. I've got a lot of friends that follow women just because they're pretty and they drink beer. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, I even had when I, so when I started TikTok, um, I actually had a couple of the guys reach out and they're like, Hey, like you actually have a really good palette. Like we appreciate mm -hmm. your videos um, some of them are a little pissed off though. Cause you got to a thousand followers and got the live, um, whole thing like way faster. Like some of these guys have been on here for a lot longer than you and they can't make it and all that kind of stuff. I'm like one being a female does help, but two, you can't have the personality of a piece of wet cardboard. You gotta right. be fun. Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, I went and watched through some of their videos. And I'm like, snooze, like, <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to learn from y'all girls how to make a good video because I'm trying on the reels, but I'm just 
I'm, I'm not computer literate. I'm, not, I'm learning. <laughs> That's why he prints out those questions to the interview on a piece of paper. Hey, uh, I'm no, no shame in my game. No shame. But I did have, yeah, I did have a question for uh, Brooke. Um, trying to get my thoughts together. So one thing that a lot of people do, you know, they come up with their own slogan for their beer and stuff. What made you come up with let's drink or let's have a beer? Uh, the weird thing is, is that when I started playing around with the idea of um, making videos on TikTok, I knew that I was going to have to have some sort of quick line at the beginning. So then people would understand what my videos was about. So then I'm hoping that because TikTok is very algorithm based, it's who is going to watch the full video. And because I don't know how to stop talking, all of my videos are three minutes and I can't bring them down. So if someone is on their for you page and they see me pop up and I say, let's get a beer, they know it's going to be about beer. So then they can decide if they're going to watch the whole thing or not. I literally, I think one of my very first videos, I just said it. And then I had, uh, maybe like two other like beer review pages on TikTok reach out and they're like, you need to stick with that. It's really good. I'm like, okay. <laughs> then it just went from there. <laughs> nice. Absolutely. Go with what works. Yep. All right. So first I want to thank each of you for taking the time to chat with us about beer. The world of beer has been evolving for years. When I was growing up, really, it was only Budweiser, Coors, and Pabst Blue Ribbon. Now it seems like there's a new brewer or new type of beer popping up each and every day. So let me ask you, how did you, what got you into the ever-evolving world of craft beer? And we'll go uh, Canvas, Brooke, Rachel. Okay, so, I mean, like I said earlier, I started my Instagram in, like, really the throes of COVID. And it was, like, probably about mid-2020 that I was like, hmm, maybe I'll do a craft beer Instagram. Like, something fun. I love creative writing. I love doing little photo shoots. I thought it would be a fun idea. And I thought, you know, beer loving mother, that's a catchy handle that people would know what I like and who I am. So I went on Instagram and I saved the handle and I just sat with it. I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that if I ever did it, I'd have that handle. So I sat on it for a little while. And then finally in January in 2021, one Sunday I woke up and I was just like, let's do it. Fuck it. Put myself out there. I don't care what people think. And, um, but really, I mean, during COVID, you couldn't go out and do anything. So you're forced to drink at home. And I live in San Diego. So, I mean, like craft, craft capital of America, really. So we have, there's no shortage of options. And really we, um, we would just go around to our local bottle shops and bring stuff home. And that's where I fell in love with craft. I was never, ever going back to uh, Miller Lite or anything again. I'm jealous of you living in San Diego, by the way. <laughs> uh, for me, I would love to say that it was my dad who was the one that kind of taught me about beer, but he was just like you guys, like he drank nothing but Coors Light. Um, but I was extremely fortunate. It's probably like 10 years ago now. I actually lived in Germany for a year and a half. And 
that's where you're going to learn about beer. That's a hundred percent where like beer is cheaper than water at restaurants. So every single time we went to a restaurant, it was let's get a beer. And you just, you developed a palate for it. And then I got to live in Japan for four years. And that's when Japan was getting into the idea of craft beer. And you start started seeing these new places pop up and all these microbreweries and that kind of thing. So because of all of my traveling, that's where I got my big understanding of craft beer. And it was, I couldn't go back to anything domestic. <laughs> like once I got back to North America, it was absolutely not. Like we're going to go find all the craft beer places. We're going to enjoy this. And now I'm the one that's gotten my dad hooked to craft beer and he doesn't drink anything else. And he's a big IPA guy now. And I mean, that's a huge switch from basically water Coors Light. <laughs> Coors Light was my uh, token beer pong flip cup, flip cup beer and nothing else. Oh, it's a beer pong beer. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a purpose for all beer out there. I mean, I truly think that there is. And Coors Light, Bud Miller Coors is great for a beer pong flip cup. Yeah. Um, so my beer journey started when I was in graduate school. Uh, so my roommate and my friends would all go out and we would do pub trivia together and we would go to this place. I went to graduate school, uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, and we went to this place called the flying saucer, which, um, I don't know if maybe you guys out East are more familiar with that, but it, they don't exist West of the Mississippi, but it's this huge tap house with beers from all over the world. And so I basically had a smorgasbord of beer in front of me. And every time we would go, I would always try something different. So I just kind of expanded my palate while doing pub trivia and eating really awesome pretzels and stuff. Um, but my, my real passion for beer didn't really start until I started working for a brewery. And I first started working for a brewery just because I needed a second job. I was going through a divorce and I knew that I was going to need some extra money. Um, but shortly thereafter, uh, I really got excited about how complex and complicated beer is, the history of beer. Um, so my background is in art history and archaeology and just regular history. So beer and history go together hand in hand. Um, so then I started to study beer. So I've taken my certified Cicerone exam. I'm taking my BJCP exam on February 6th. I think. Um, so it was just trying it and then working in the industry, just like it was a whole different trajectory that I literally could have never, ever imagined. <laughs> Beer is the fucking coolest, you guys. <laughs> Cheers to that. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Speaking of archaeology, what, what type of styles of beer do you think Neanderthals would drink? Well, uh, Neanderthals probably were not drinking anything fermented <laughs> unless it was by accident. Um, so in order to ferment things, you have to hunt and gather. You have to kind of settle down. So you would have to have a place where you're sedentary for a little while, because as we know, fermentation takes a few weeks. Um, and those critters weren't necessarily settling down they were moving around so they probably weren't fermenting things but uh certainly the ancient egyptians and the mesopotamians i mean that's where fermentation and civilization begins and some people say that the two things go together 
chicken and the egg, did fermentation start, which then made civilization start, or did civilization start and then we figured out how to ferment? It's it's a hot topic. <laughs> hey, Wayne, maybe the first Pilsner came from inside a pyramid. You never know. <laughs> it probably wasn't a Pilsner, no. <laughs> it was not a, a lager, no. <laughs> but, yeah. Chase, I like how you threw some little trivia in there. Does that count as trivia? I thought I was just <laughs> throwing mud at the wall. <laughs> well, because if, you know, I don't know if you girl or you ladies, sorry, have listened to any of our podcast episodes, but, you know, we're just three guys that love beer. We get it wrong sometimes. We mess up. We just have fun. You know, if it begins to be a job and we're not getting paid for it, then I don't want to do it anymore. But... <laughs> You know, the reason I bring that up is all of our episodes, Chase will do like a question and answering on us. It'll almost be like a Jeopardy. And we'll have to guess hops and say what dinosaur, you know, goes with what beer. So it gets pretty crazy. Okay. All right. Let's go. <laughs> I don't right. know. See, Rachel has a big <laughs> background in pub trivia. She's already told us. So basically she could kick yeah. her ass. Well, I she I, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, she has a, a better knowledge at beer than than I do, so I know she could kick my ass, but I'm I'm learning. It's well, all just about learning and trying stuff. That's it. That's all it is. We won't do a full skate a full scope on the Cretaceous period, but um what 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 beer would be a T-Rex? All three of you. So, so when you say that, what exactly do you mean when you say what beer would be a T-Rex? Like, so what reminds you, what style of beer reminds you of a T-Rex? That's how we were doing it. Hmm. I don't know why, but like a triple IPA came to mind first. Like something big and has a lot of bite, you know, it's going to basically punch you in the face. (laughs) Well, as as oh, you, I mean, a T-Rex might not punch you in the face because they have little arms. <laughs> well, as soon as you say T-Rex, I think toppling Goliath. So immediately I think sure. you IPAs. Yeah. So I totally agree with you. Yeah. It's got to be an IPA or something like an Imperial Stout, something like massive and major. Um, I was going to say a Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah. Ladies. Ladies, y'all need to go back and listen to the Roddy's episode because Roddy's is a bar local to us, uh, that tap room and they got a little brewery and we did dogs compared to, to beers, what styles. And that was hilarious. (laughs) Y'all get a kick out of it. All right. I'm going to go back and listen because I I like, I like this, this friend. I like, it's. Like I said, we, we just have fun. We, you know, Chase is our producer and they call me the mayor because I'm usually the one that sets up the interviews with the actual breweries. Cause I know a lot of the brewers up here and a lot of the brewers were, you know, they got help from other breweries and they brew at the same brewery or whatever. One guy brews at three different breweries is what I'm trying to say. So I know a lot of people. So I set it up and we, like I said, we just have fun. And Chase will do, oh, it's Pangea, so the world. He'll do all kinds of different funny questions with that. And 
What Would kind you of have bears? any other funny question for us or just the T-Rex? Hit us with something else. Uh, all right. What kind of... Oh, she's putting you on the spot, Chase. Clearly. <laughs> hey, it already seems like you got to be on your toes when you're around us three. I can already tell. So. That's all right. <laughs> Let's say... What kind of beer is a golden retriever? There you go. There's the dog questions. Ladies, blonde, like a Blondale, just happy-go-lucky, refreshing, chill, light. I'm going to go Blondale, and it, it obviously because it's also a blonde dog. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go with like a, a slow pour Pilsner. Like they got that mm. big foamy head, like a big fluffy dog. I like that. That's always great. loyal. <laughs> always loyal. Yeah. You're tried and true, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's where I was going with that. I just, my Southern dialect wasn't on, on <laughs> for that. I was thinking a cream ale. I don't know. For some reason, the logo of spotted cow that, Wisconsin beer that everyone oh, yeah. talks about from New Glarus. I'm I'm from Milwaukee, so I've had it a lot, but like that's nice and light and easy. Everyone loves it, just like everyone loves Golden Retriever. One more before we get back to our regular scheduled programming. Um, <laughs> <All right. laughs> I yeah, you're not following the script. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Particular, I had a beer in mind for this particular breed of dog, and it was very historically based. There was a very specific historic reason why I chose this beer to this dog, and these guys didn't believe me that it was accurate. All right, I like this. What type of beer you think of when you see a poodle? And after you give me your answers, I will tell you what mine was and why. <laughs> this should be good. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne was the one that did not believe me. <laughs> what part of the world do poodles come from? I don't even know like what their breed is for. I'm sorry. I'm not a huge dog person, so I'm ignorant. Isn't it like the UK? I'll give I think you they a, came from France. I thought it was France, yeah. I'll, wow. give, I'll give you a that hint. That would make sense. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Brooke said the name of this country a little while ago. Okay, so it's not... I'm like, oh my God, what did I say? <laughs> you said the UK. <laughs> <laughs> not Listen, not in the last 30 mind, seconds my mind is like a goldfish okay i'm a 10 second tom over here you're like yeah you remember what brooke said i'm like no <laughs> oh wait so not not in the last 30 seconds so she said japan and she said germany those are the places that she spent right yes <laughs> i did say that <laughs> i think i've seen a lot of poodles in japan there, oh, there's actually oh. a lot of poodles in Japan. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I think it's like snow dogs when I think of Japan. Like, well, they, I mean, there's a lot of like toy poodles and stuff too. They like all ever, everything is mini. <laughs> okay, so it has to be Germany then. Mm -hmm. It must be. So really? it's historical. It's got to be like a Hefeweizen? Maybe? Close. Marlin? Ah, ha, ha. That also happens to be my favorite beer type ever. So, <laughs> nice. Marzins are going to be great. 
All right. So now you've got to tie in the historical thing with poodles and Marsans because I am you have my full attention right now. Oh, just the fact they're both from Germany and the poodles are a German sheep herding dog. So that right. being such a uh, kind of unique skill set to that to a, any breed of dog, let alone them. Um, and a Marsan, you know, think of Marsan, what do you often think about Oktoberfest and you know, brewed once a year, very unique beer, you know, not, not like, uh, it's not like it's on the, uh, on the shelf rack at the at the bottle shop all the time. Solid. All right. Okay, so not, not me writing down that poodles used to be a herding dog from Germany so I can keep it for pub trivia whenever we all go. <laughs> Hell yeah, girl. Hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um, I want to get back into a little uh, before I keep going with beer. I want to ask about um, the fact that the craft beer world is one that, as we were saying before, it was long. It was long uh, dominated as a, boy, as a boys' club. Um, with the successes you three have achieved and everything you've witnessed on the platforms that you've that you've created. What kind of inroads do you think have been made to promote the women in these fields, whether that be increases in female-owned breweries, tap rooms, the ratio of males to females in the social community um, that we all hold near and dear, and you know, and, or any other necessarily gender-imbalanced areas of the craft beer industry in general? Like, where, where's, the, uh, where's the kind of push going to balance the scales, if you will? professionally or for fun as we do? Well, I think that uh, beer is no longer, uh, um, in quotations here, uh, a man's drink. Um, I think that women are not afraid to step into roles that traditionally men were, you know, that it was only men. Uh, well, not historically, but that's a whole different conversation <laughs> uh, within the last 200 years. Um, I think that women are being respected more as peers in the beer industry. Um, there's a lot of women owned and women run breweries now. Um, there's a lot of well-respected women. I think that what Brooke and Candace and myself are doing on Instagram, being just simply women that are talking about beer and are excited about beer that is contagious. And, you know, if somebody is out, like if you're out at a restaurant and you see a beautiful woman drinking a beer instead of a glass of wine, like that says something, I think, because usually women maybe didn't uh, choose beer. They would choose a glass of wine or a cocktail or something more feminine. I don't think that that is a thing anymore or it won't be a thing within the next 10 to 15 years. So I think things are just naturally progressing as we are making ourselves more present. 100% agree. I don't know, for me, like, I love that there's a lot more women-owned breweries and there's more actual brew masters that are, are females. Um, I think social media is actually the big push to actually show like behind the scenes. Cause if you walk into a brewery, you don't know who's working back there. 
I mean, you're just going there to enjoy the beer, which is what majority of us do. But because of social media, because of the big presence it has, you're starting to see the behind the scenes of all of these different breweries and, and who owns them and all that kind of stuff. So it's very cool. But at the same time, I would love it to be, you know, down the road of let's just enjoy the beer. And if it's women owned, male owned, mixed, uh, owned by aliens, I don't care. If it's good beer, I'm drinking it. So I just, I want everyone to get to a point where like they appreciate the product and there isn't any kind of stigma that, you know, it's, oh, a guy brewed that or a female brewed that or whatever. It's, I would love it to just be the beer and that's what the focus is super, super happy for females to actually have a voice now in that field. And I will support them just as much as anyone else. Like I will support everyone equally. If you have a great product, that's all I fucking care about. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with both of you. I think that, um, like the women's presence on social media has a huge, is a huge reason why the push for, um, there being more females in the beer community and, um, I want to take this minute to shout out one of my friends. I don't know if you can see my glass. It says all beer is girl beer. Oh, uh, she's nice. uh, my friend, Christine. She's yeah. a brewer. She's been in the industry for 20 plus years. Um, she, her Instagram handle is called women's craft beer collective. And, uh, when I started getting into beer, I really, I saw about the pink boot society and I really wanted to be a part of a, you know, a community of women who love beer. And then I dug a little deeper and I realized, well, you have to be in the, in the industry to be able to, to be a part of the pink boot society. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm just an enthusiast, you know, I'm not, so I can't do that. But my friend Christine with her women's craft beer collective, she has a website where she posts um, events every month where enthusiasts, industry workers, anyone can come. You don't have to be a member of anything. A lot of the events are free um, to where women can engage with other women who love beer and, I love that there's, I mean, there are men who come to a lot of the events too. And it, and a lot of the times they're the women's husbands or they come along with them. And I love that it's, that there's no gatekeeping, um, stuff like that. Like when, uh, movements like that are reasons, a huge reason why women have a lot more of a space in craft beer now. What a cool event. I love that. I love that. She does like, um, in Halloween, they did like a pumpkin decorating event at a brewery. They do tastings. They do a lot of the times, uh, she'll work with the brewery and we'll do like a hike. And then all the, um, all the hikers get to go to the brewery after and we get like discounts on the beer. And it's just a nice opportunity for a lot like women to come together in an area where we all live here. So we, you know, we meet and then we hang out outside of the events and it's created quite a network for me of beer drinking women since I started. That is like a godsend for me because otherwise I would, I wouldn't have a lot of other women other than Instagram to talk to. Fabulous. That is a very excellent story. And I like to, whenever we go on site to talk to a brewery, I always like to end. I always kind of like to end my formal questioning by asking them to tell a little story about their ties to the community. And that would have, that, that kind of story would be the perfect story to tell in that kind of scenario. Okay, so we'll get back to having fun. I promise that was my last quote, serious end quote question. <laughs> um, questions are cool. <laughs> before we uh, be- before we get into um, more of a hashtag drink local type of roundtable, um, 
I want to dial back to something Candace type kind of insinuated with earlier. And that's the type of content you post it, you know, across the three of your pages. Candace has this, these like incredibly creative dress ups with the beer tying in with a, a theme of the beer and, with these crazy costumes, like I, I don't know how you have room in a closet for all these things, all, all these different hats and dresses and masks and makeup and everything. It's just like, it's, it's gotta be just like a wall of just a, two walls worth of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to Brooke's page and it's, there's no regular post at all. It's all just video. It's all just ad lib off the cuff type of uh, commentary. And then Rachel, I apologize. I haven't been following you as long as the two of them, but your page looks to be a mix of both. So what, what's the, um, what, what's each of yours mentality with deciding what you were going to put out and why it works for you, why you stuck with it and why it kind of just clicks. Hey, Candace. Okay. Um. <laughs> Okay, I am like, I am one of those people that laughs at their own jokes. I'm super punny. I'm like constantly like laughing at myself and asking my husband like, oh, is that funny? And he's like, no. So a huge, a huge <laughs> part of, of like what I do with my page is like my captions are like, there's 50 plus puns in each caption. Like I am a goofball in my captions. Um, I've always done creative writing. So I mean, I would say 50% of, of Instagram for me is like, oh, doing the fun pictures, but I could sit there and write captions for days. Like it's, it's therapeutic for me. Um, and like I said before, I'm Halloween queen. I have, I love horror. I love dressing up. I wish I could dress up every day. Um, and I love a good theme. So when, when I, when I see a beer, that's got a theme that I have something with that I have something I could wear. Or, and I just, I will literally like, I work from home. So I'm at home with my baby all day. I will sit and I, all of a sudden I'll think of something like to go with a beer that I could say, and I'll go to my notes and I'll write it real quick. So I don't forget it. Like, it's just, for me, it's just a huge creative outlet. Um, and I will stop when it stops being fun. Honestly. That's fucking beautiful. I know. Right. Like I want to like applaud. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Um, for mine, I mean, mine, like you said, um, is just mostly video based. And that's because, um, I've had a lot of different jobs throughout my life just because my parents were military and then I ended up marrying military. So you kind of have to adapt to a lot of different situations, which means I've had a lot of different jobs and uh, quite a few of those have been marketing promotions. I even, I worked for a travel company that we actually went and talked on the radio once a week and like let people know about different trips and stuff like that. So for me, it's easier to talk and just babble about the beer and give first impressions when it's actually happening. So like when I take that first sip, that's hundred percent the first sip. That's not me thinking about it. And like, you know, there's times where I'll go back and I'm like, well, shit, like the, it changed on me. Cause mm -hmm. you know, it, like the beer got warmer or whatever it was like, I can feel I can get different flavors out of it now, but I'd rather people see the first impression. Um, and it, that was because I started on TikTok and TikTok is all videos. And the way that a lot of people do reviews is their first impressions of whatever they're reviewing. So I went with that. 
And then I know that Instagram is more photo based. And that's why, you know, I take the cute photos with the beer can and like the beer glass, but I always add my thoughts as a video at the end, because that's just, that's me. That's basically why I do it. Well, it makes you super trustworthy and relatable. So. Well, thanks. <laughs> like, like you see, you know, like a girl like me going on TikTok, seeing a girl like you, I would completely trust what you have to say. And it's, it's awesome. See, that's what I want. I want a community of people that understand and appreciate, but I also have a lot of people that, you know, don't drink beer. And they're like, I understand the beer because of how you put it. Right. So I'm like, that's, that's what I want. And I want people to kind of venture out. I, like when I lived in Alaska and I post this stuff, you know, the, the craft beer scene is not obviously as big as Washington state, but you know, they'll, they'll start sending me pictures of, I'm going to try this one. And it's because of you and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, yes, like more people <laughs> are drinking craft beer. Let's go. <laughs> Amen authenticity is what's truly sells i i believe and so that is great the epitome of what the both of you are so i'm honored to be here with you this evening (laughs) (laughs) it's true um no my love and affection for all the women in the craft beer community is uh profound um but uh my content i i post what i like um and there's no rhyme or reason to it. I, I have become less consistent over the last six months about posting. Um, but probably my favorite thing to post about is beer history. Haha, go figure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's kind of where I want my trajectory to go when I have more time. I work a lot. Um, so I don't have a lot of time to like sit down and write my script for all of the history that goes into, you know, whatever specific style I'm drinking at that time. Um, But I'm hoping that that will be more of the content in the future. But for now, I just like to support really good beer and uh, support women in beer. And that's, that's really it. I love that. (laughs) You put way more thought into your, your stuff than I do. I'm just over here like, Hey, this is good shit. (laughs) But there doesn't need, so that's the thing, like, there doesn't necessarily need to be a lot of thought put into it. Like, yeah, but why do I want to turn yours into an entire, like, you know, Hulu series on the history channel? I would, I would watch that just like (laughs) that built America. I was just talking about that show and it was, you know, all about McDonald's and how they started and stuff. I would watch that. So I think maybe we should just turn you into a TV channel, make you a bunch of money and we're good to go. Maybe someday we'll see how this pans out for me. But (laughs) in the meantime, just drink good beer and enjoy it and talk about it and get other people to try good beer. That's why we're here, right? To get the beer. Amen. Amen. Hell yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, Stephen's going to tee up our next segment, our next round of questioning. But but first, I have to pop the next can. What's this, Wayne? What's Obviously, he's not following the script at all. He's not. that, And I don't know if the ladies picked up, but I was going like I was laughing and I weren't laughing. I was not laughing at y'all. I was laughing at Papa Sage because Chase went completely off script. And I Wayne's going. Yeah, yes, you did. Wayne's you, going. You actually, you actually going, jumped uh, two questions. <laughs> yep. No. Skipped over. 
Yeah, you, you skipped did. Over no, it. I jumped one yeah, because that's because someone removed their name from in front of the question. No, you jumped right over mine. That's okay. We we have fun. We. It's not All serious, right. but all right, Wayne. All right, Wayne. I apologize. Right. Ask your final question before we move on. <laughs> to follow up with our producer here, to me, the beauty of beer is it knows no color, no gender, no nationality, or anything. Beer is for everyone. Um, so I'm gonna ask you three ladies, how can we make it more welcoming for each and every person? Because it's been long known that it's a boys club or whatnot. And it's not the truth. You know, beer is for everyone for any time. So how can we make them a more welcoming place for those who think otherwise? That's a great question. That's a great question. For me, I believe, like we said, in, in a couple other ways, um, social media is a big thing. Um, but putting my marketing and promotion experience behind it. I feel like if you have more events at breweries and stuff, more people are going to go. You need more inclusive events, even if it's like family events. It's, if it's things like that, you're going to get more people. And then, so I've, I've worked in breweries. One of the best things that I could do for people who wanted to try beer was beer flights. That is the key. Because <laughs> then they can try what they like and they don't like and they can understand it. And you can teach them about it of the, the depths of the flavors of, you know, most people are not going to like IPAs off the bat. So give them a double IPA, give them a triple IPA. It's actually smoother than a regular IPA. Or if they want to be on the other side, they want to do more of a malt forward one. They're going to figure it out easier by having a flight in front of them versus having a full pint. But one of the biggest things for me is like, I had a, a great experience with this just, I would say a week, two weeks ago, um, a brewery here did a trivia night, but it was Disney and the place was the busiest they've seen it in months. And that's because it's something that is very inclusive to a lot of people. So if you start making more events at breweries and stuff and holding more events, even if it's, you know, a walk, like a walkathon or like a pizza party or something more family oriented too, you're going to have so many more people that are going to come there just to get out of the house, but then there's beer. So you can kind of tie it in together. That's, I mean, that's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm inventing every single freaking brewery around here. I'm like, do more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I was going to say, no, I completely agree with you, Brooke. Like I was talking about earlier um, with my friend Christine, events that bring people together to talk about beer. Like what you said, Rachel, the more you get the word out, the better. So, um, and like, like being a mom, I have a two-year-old. Where we live, all the breweries are family friendly. We went and visited my husband's family in Indiana. We were, we, I, and I got tons of recommendations. I was like, we're going there. Give me recommendations for a brewery. We, we, we pull up. We were there at like two o'clock on a Thursday. It was like right at open in the middle of the week. And they said, you can't, you have your, you have your baby with you. Oh, and I was like, I that would not fly up. Like, you know? So, That's I mean, a serious bummer. Yeah. I was really upset. <laughs> and, um, but like, yes. Um, and especially like, even breweries having targeted events like um, women only or people of color only or someplace where you can feel comfortable being around only, you know, people that you identify with. 
because I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't say this earlier, but um, a lot of the times I have more of an issue not being a woman in the craft beer industry, but my age. So I'm, I'm going to be 25 in two weeks. So I'm a lot younger than a lot of the people that I meet um, in this industry. So like, I mean, I completely agree with the events, but maybe having, having them where you're around people that you can be more comfortable with and network with um, to help get the word out is, would be a great idea. I love that. So I'm building off of what you guys said. So yes, I agree to, to all of those things. I, I think personally what I have seen and experienced in my own, you know, small circle of people that don't like beer quotes, they don't drink beer, whatever, but also working behind the bar for several years now is you just need to be like excited and positive and enthusiastic about beer, which of course we all are, but like helping people take away all of these weird stigmas that can come along with beer. Like, Oh, it's my dad's drink. Like I hear that all the time. Oh, my dad drank beer. So why would I drink beer? I'm like, I fucking drink beer because my dad drank beer. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So there's all these weird stigmas and things that still surround beer or like, well, beer is going to make me fat. You guys like what? No, it is absolutely not going to make you fat. It's delicious and it's wonderful. And it's been around for forever. Um, (laughs) So I think just talking about it and showing people all of the huge variety that is out there and just teaching and like being like Candace and Brooke both said, like inclusiveness, like beers literally for every single person. And I truly believe that there is a beer for every single person out there. You just have to keep trying stuff until you find it. Like, just don't be afraid to try something like ask for a splash, you know, a half an ounce taste. Is it going to kill you to try it? No. And you're probably going to like it. So I don't know. I just behind the bar, someone comes up to me and they're like, well, I don't drink beer. So where I work, Bonehouse Brewing, we only serve what we make. There's no booze. There's no wine. There's nothing. It is literally only beer. And so sometimes people come in and they're startled that you know, so-and-so doesn't drink beer. Well, what are they going to do while we're here hanging out? We all drink beer. Well, that person and me, we go on an adventure together. Like Brooke said, like you get a flight or you give them a splash taste. And I guarantee that they're going to find something that they like and they're going to be shocked. So, and then it's that, that aha moment where they're like, wait a minute, this isn't as scary or as weird or as gross as I thought it was going to be all right, I'm going to try this. So I think you just have to be enthusiastic and it is not the first rule of fight club is to not talk about fight club. The first rule <laughs> of craft beer is to talk about craft beer. So that's it. <laughs> I thought about something when you were talking, Rachel, that, um, you know, like more women are working in breweries now. And I think a huge, a huge thing that would be good is for people to be seeing women in positions of authority in beer. So like, um, say breweries started doing tours where uh, a woman, uh, employee is doing the tour or breweries doing, um, you know, educational talks 
um, where a woman is leading. The more opportunities people to for people to see a woman in authority talking about beer, more women are going to be like, okay, well, maybe that's not so scary. Or, you know, the men will be like, huh, you know, we should listen to what she's saying. So that's a huge part of it too. I love that. How, even, even that. to go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead, Brooke. Go, go. go. I was gonna say, even, even to like piggyback off of that, of like seeing women in those positions. I, I thought of something like while we were talking about like events and flights and all that kind of stuff, you always see these wine tasting rooms doing private tastings. So like, why not apply that to beer and have that as like a private tasting experience just like the wine world does. Like why not explore it that way? Because a lot of people don't want to go out and pay for a full pint of beer or multiple ones just to find out what they do and don't like. Right. So it's why not have that same mentality that, you know, the wine industry has and apply it to, and then you can have someone like can't, like Candace said, you could have a female that's doing the tasting tour and explaining the beers and showing that like, listen, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Just piggyback off that. So you guys are fucking perfect because that is literally what I do at my brewery. So I, I, I'm working on my certified Cicerone. Like I said, I took the exam. I am still waiting for my results. Um, but I teach beer school once a month at, at the brewery I work at. I mean, um, <laughs> so yeah, you get a prescribed flight by me. Um, and it, it changes, you know, each month because I want it to not be redundant, both in information and also beer. Um, and yeah, we go through literally everything like a wine tasting, because like you said, there's nothing like that for beer. So we hold it up. We look at the color. All right. What's the SRM of this? Like, what does this look like? Is it gold? Is it, you know, straw? Is it amber? Is it, you know, black? We learn how to smell it. Then we see if the aroma has anything to do with the flavor. Okay. Then we talk about what we're tasting. We talk about the difference in, you know, person A's palate versus person Z's palate and why this person's tasting this and this person's tasting this. And then, of course, my little sprinkle uh, is the history of whatever style it is that we're tasting. Uh, yeah, so it is Beer School with Beerkowski, the second Tuesday of every month. <laughs> that yes. needs to be nationwide. Hopefully, like, that's the goal. Like, that's, like, my trajectory. Like, beer and history, you come to me and I will light your shit up, yo. <laughs> well, sign me up. <laughs> that you kind of open up Pandora's box a little bit. So let's ad lib. Let's say some, let's say some noob walks into a brewery, doesn't know their ass from their elbow as far as craft. They ask for a flight, or you suggest a flight. Four That's beers. My favorite. Four beers from each one of you to give them the broadest spectrum of what to expect from craft beer. As we know, four <laughs> beers is probably the standard for a flight. Rachel should go said, first. She's the pro. <laughs> that being said, I do appreciate breweries that offer five. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this is, so this is interesting because 
So when I'm trying to help somebody uh, experience beer positively versus negatively, because a lot of times people come in and they're like, well, I don't like beer because it's too bitter or I don't like beer because it's too malty or whatever. So it's like, I have to judge what they're telling me and then pick a beer based on what they're saying um, or what I think they're going to like based on the little knowledge that they have about clearly what they know about beer. Um, so like all the beers in the whole wide world, like all the styles. Yep. <laughs> four. Pick four. Four? Pick four. Or, or, or at least what. But yep. Rachel, think about what you have at your brewery. I, I believe that's what would be best. Yeah. No I mean, pressure. I, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Fine. Um, so, I mean, you would probably want to start a little bit lighter. So if you have, so a lot of people are familiar with the word Pilsner or the word lager, however, they don't know what those words mean or what those beers are. They just know that they're used to them. So they're not afraid of them. Um, so I would start off with something in that realm, either a Pilsner, um, a Pilsner is a lager, but another different sort of lager or maybe even a blonde ale. So something nice and easy. Um, from there, I mean, I feel like the natural progression would be, well, maybe a hef, or even if you want to go a little mm -hmm. bit more malty, well, completely different, honestly, would be like an amber or a brown. Again, people aren't afraid mm -hmm. of those beers because they've heard those names before. Um, and then maybe because it's American craft beer and because we are the kings of this, it would be some sort of American style IPA, probably a hazy because that's more palatable to most people. Um, most people don't like bitterness, like a heavy, heavy bitterness, but some people really do. You never know until you get them to try stuff. Um, and then, I mean, I feel like this is just a natural, easy progression. <laughs> Something a little bit darker. So maybe if I had a brown, maybe I'd put a brown at the end or an amber at the end. Um, an oatmeal stout, though, is really nice. It's got that nice mouthfeel. It's going to not be bitter like some imperial stouts can be. Um, and it's not going to be super high in ABV either. The transition between the IPA and the stout might be a little difficult, but I don't know. There's, there's so many things in between all of that, but... That's my story. I'll stick to it. <laughs> uh, okay. So I guess if you're starting in this with the same progression from light to dark, um, I'd probably go with like a hoppy Pilsner. I love a hoppy Pilsner. Um, I feel like they're a way less, they're a way less bitter entrance to hoppy beers than an IPA is. Um, and like you said, Rachel, people know what Pilsner is. So, and it's one of my favorite styles. So I do a hoppy Pilsner and then maybe either I love a sour, a light sour, um, or even like a Saison. Uh, I know, I know they're not super approachable to people, but, um, it does give you a, I mean, a Saison has a completely different taste than something like a light Pilsner. It's still light, but it has a completely different taste than a, a lager or Pilsner. Um, and then I definitely go with an IPA, a hazy, hazies have my heart. And, uh, then probably a Porter, um, not, not as, you know, uh, heavy as a stout, but still dark, still malty, um, and delicious. I love porters. 
honestly, mine is kind of like a mix of both of yours. Um, it, at, ve- at first it was very much Rachel's. Like it was a hundred percent. I was like, well, shit, that's exactly what I would freaking say. <laughs> uh, cause like I've, I've worked in breweries too, where, you know, I had 30 taps behind me. I can remember one story extremely vividly where this traveling, uh, group came in and the guy came up and he's like, listen, I have to impress my boss. He's from China. He's, you know, big time, doesn't drink beer, like, but he needs to be impressed with whatever I bring him. And I was like, I got you. <laughs> so we, like, I listened to what he said that he likes and doesn't like and things like that. And it was so much fun to try and figure out. But like, if I'm going to go a little different than what you guys said for your flights, um, again, something light off the beginning, but maybe if like the brewer has a cream meal on, on tap, hundred percent of cream meal. Cause it's very like, it's not overly bubbly. It's not overly really anything. It's just good. It's just something easy. Um, and then into the, uh, see, I love malty. So (laughs) I love like the malt side of things. So if there's any kind of amber or red that's going on the board, cause that's what I always get. And that's the one I can drink a lot of. (laughs) So there'd be some sort of amber or red, um, I would want to keep some sort of IPA on that palette, but it would actually probably be more like a double IPA because double IPAs are actually a lot smoother and less bitter than regular IPAs. And people get scared that everything is just going to taste like a fucking pine tree. And it's not true. Or it's going to taste like you're biting into a grapefruit. Like there's more than just grapefruit and trees, you know, like, (laughs) So double, <laughs> double IPAs or, or, or even a triple IPA, if you really want to mess them up, because if you give them a triple IPA, they're going to love anything you give them after that point. So something that's smoother, but that's still a hazy, that has nice citrus notes, maybe a little bit of bitter on the back end. That's not going to like scare them. And then Candace, I think I would do the same thing as you. I'd probably go Porter. Like I would go if there's a coconut porter or like a peanut butter porter, like something that sounds a little bit interesting that has like a flavor profile behind it. That's not just coffee. Cause a lot of people are like all porters and stouts are coffee and chocolate. It's not true. Like there's a lot of other flavors that can be in there. And if the brewery that I'm at has anything like that on deck, that's going on there for sure. Peanut butter porter be still my heart. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Steven, why don't you kick off our uh, hashtag drink local? All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about lo- local craft beer scene in each area or each one of you ladies areas. So I'm going to go first and Brooke set us up for what it's like in Washington for the beer scene. As far as like what breweries do y'all have there? What's the, local styles stuff like that it's uh honestly it's a little daunting i won't lie um (laughs) i actually haven't lived in washington for very long uh we got here in january of 2020 um and we had our kid in february 2020 and then the pandemic happened and everything got shut down uh and then my husband got deployed so then i moved back to canada so we like honestly i could say that i've only really enjoyed the beer scene here since june of 2021 so it's really not that long um but i have a like a, a an app on my phone that shows all of the breweries around and everything and it is just 
looks like freckles. Like it's dotted everywhere. There's so many breweries here with so many different styles. Um, there's definitely some that have, have stepped out and they've, they're kind of the Kings around here. Like I'm pretty sure all of you guys know the words. If I say great notion, you know, who great notion is, even though, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're originally out of Oregon, but still like everyone knows great notion because they make amazing beer. Um, IPAs are a very heavy, heavy style out here. Anything within the IPA realm. Um, sours are definitely starting to become a big scene out here, which I'm, ugh, I'm not a huge fan of, but I will try certain ones, but there's just, it's sometimes it gets a little bit too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> and slushies, like that's a whole nother thing. We were talking about it before. I'm, I'm like, I see it and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But it's not my thing. Um, but the beer scene out here, you can like, in, especially even down in Tacoma. So I'm not even far from Tacoma. You can look up breweries and like six within a certain block radius will pop up. So they're everywhere and they're all different and they all have their own little vibe. Like you can go to one place that's a massive, looks like a giant industrial building, like seven seas. Like I, I did a video of it on TikTok. It's probably one of the biggest breweries I've ever walked into and it's fascinating. But then you go down the road and there's a tiny little one that has like a little spiral staircase going upstairs and it's like just cute and quirky. And it's, it's, it's amazing how many people love it here. And it's, it's beer and it's weed and it's hiking. Like that's all Washington <laughs> is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. There's, there's well, events yeah. here. Like, yeah. There's, there's events here that are like beer and hiking or like smoke weed and hiking. And there's, I mean, there might be one that's all three, but a lot of people would probably pass the fuck out, but who knows? <laughs> so Brooke, I got a question. You were talking about your husband being deployed. Is there any veteran-owned breweries that you know of that are around you? Like, 100% veteran-owned. There, I think there is. Uh, there's one that's called Forward Operating Base that's right outside the base here. Um, there's another one that I actually just went to for the Disney trivia. They're not, I don't think they're veteran-owned, but they're actually, it's called Top Rung Brewing. Um, okay. and it's I've actually, heard of them. Yeah, so it's it's all firefighters. So yep, they, were they do. All, yeah. yeah, they do Maltese crosses. So I've been, a, I was a fireman for 17 years. I was out for two years and I'm actually just got hired again full time. So I've been following them for a couple of years now. So they're amazing. They're, oh, just, yeah. they're good people. Like every, every place I've been to have been open to talking to you. They're open to like listening to any kind of criticism. If you have any, most of the places you don't have any criticism because they're just they're freaking cool. <laughs> so everywhere here is just, it's a, it's very different vibe than what I'm used to um, seeing beer scenes because like the only places I've lived in the States is here and in Alaska. So like, I really don't have a lot of knowledge of other States and all of their breweries and all that kind of stuff. But anytime that I travel, I go and I go to as many places as I can. And sometimes you go to different breweries in different States and you're like, why do I feel not welcome? <laughs> It's just because of the the certain vibe that they have that you're not used to. But here, literally, everyone is just so chill. So it's great. Also noted, Candace and I are apparently the only fans of Sour. So <laughs> no, I can keep them. Just keep them. <laughs> all right. So we're going to travel from Washington all the way down to Arizona. So, Rachel, I know you 
talked about you work at a brewery. So tell me about a little bit about that and the scene around you there in Arizona. Uh, yeah, so the brewery I work at is called Bonehouse, Bonehouse Brewing. Um, so the town I live in is called Fountain Hills, um, and we are the only brewery in Fountain Hills. Um, oh. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, it's a small, it's a small town. It's a, a, a very like outskirt burb of Phoenix, the Phoenix Valley, we call it um, here. Um. So I guess well, what I thought of when I heard about this question was like breweries that are my favorite around the state. Um, and mostly because they make beers that I enjoy. Go figure. Uh, so I guess I'm going to give some shout outs if that's cool. Uh, of course, that's cool. The <laughs> yeah. floor is yours. I mean, because I mean, I feel like a lot of breweries are making very similar things that are super popular in the market right now, which is, of course, what you should do if you're running a good business. Um, so like Brooke said, like sours are really popular. Uh, also not my my style of choice. I'm trying very hard uh, in my Cicerone training. You have to, you know, learn and understand and try everything and try to appreciate it for what it is. So I'm doing my very best. Um IPAs, of course, uh, imperial stouts, barrel-aged stouts, um, but also I'm noticing a trend in, uh, like Candice was saying before, uh, pilsners are are coming back, not coming, well, kind of, sort of, in the American way coming back, like we reinterpret it and we make it ours, um, and then all sorts of different lagers, too, um, and I love those sorts of really classic styles that are also really hard to do. Um, cause you can't hide anything in either of those two. Um, but so I guess in the Phoenix Valley, which is the greater Phoenix encompassing area, um, some of my favorite spots would be, uh, simple machine brewing. Um, just cause the people there are fucking fabulous and they make in my humble opinion, some of the best beer in the state of Arizona. Um, let's see. I, I made a list. I made a list. I have paper here too. Hold on. Wait, I misplaced it now. It's in my email. Maybe she's even more prepared than the rest of us. I just talk <laughs> off the top of my head. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. She's ready. Okay. Uh, Chase, she said mm-hmm. she has it on paper. <laughs> I did. Hear well, that. I, I did. Hear I did that. And then I remembered <laughs> that I wrote my breweries down in, uh, in my email. Um, so another one that I'm a huge fan of. Um, not only because it's women owned and women brewed, but because it's substantially wonderful beer uh, is Greenwood Brewing, um, a place that I visited recently for the first time, which is slightly embarrassing because they've been around for, I think, almost five years. It's a place called Front Porch. Um, and they had, I tried there, the best triple IPA that I have ever had in my entire life about three and a half weeks ago. Um so in Arizona, there's like three big cities. So there's Phoenix, Phoenix Valley, there's Tucson, and then there's Flagstaff. And, and all of these places have a significant beer presence. So no matter where you go in those three places, there's going to be really good stuff to find. In Flagstaff, I love Dark Sky. Um, they're known for their sours. Um, I'm seeing heads. Yes, you've heard of Dark Sky. Okay. Yeah, they're great. Uh, I had a barley wine there recently that was really awesome, really like in line with the traditional style of an English barley wine, not an American style barley wine. Um, and then in Tucson, 
Borderlands, they make a, uh, it's called Nolce Dolce. It's like a creamy, chocolatey, unbelievably wonderful mm. stout that mm. is like. Sounds delicious. To die for. Uh, they also make a chocolate cake stout that is to die for. Um, mm. Yeah. And then a couple of other shout outs in Cottonwood, Arizona. There's a really cool brewery called Belfry. Um, I had a Saison there that was lovely. They had a Wee Heavy. That's not a very common style. Um, there's about 100 breweries in the state of Arizona. So there's a lot, but that's that's my spiel <laughs> for Arizona. <laughs> you're right with you're right on with we heavies not being very common in fact i had never had one in my life when i was living up north in connecticut and down here it's like every third brewery has one oh so that's it's nice. just something that i was apparently just didn't have in my life and i actually really like them yeah it's not it's not a huge a hugely common style saison's not i mean they're kind of picking up, but it's also not a style that everybody likes. So whenever I see one, like that's my favorite style personally. I love the variety. I love how it can be super floral and super bright and super carbonated, or it can be like really earthy and like that wet horse blanket, yeasty bread of <laughs> flavors, like crazy spectrum of stuff. Brooke is like, fuck no, I'm not in. Oh, hell yeah. Oh. I'm so <laughs> in. I'm so oh, in. Okay. Like, I'm like, Girl, like I love saisons because they're surprising. It's like literally getting a surprise bag when you were a kid. Yeah, like I've had saisons that are hundred percent floral and like just easy to drink and like spicy, almost like like the, the good spice notes. But then I've had a saison that was more like a farmhouse that was yeah. tart as hell, and I was like, "What the fuck am I drinking?" Yes. <laughs> so I just I love that it's just. Saison is 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 a word and people think that it's going to be one flavor and it's not. <laughs> yes. Yes, girl, we are on the same page with a lot of stuff tonight. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Candace. You self-described San Diego as the capital of craft and as pretty much everyone in this in this industry field passion project know, California as a whole is very much a mecca of craft beer. Um, so let's, let's talk about the golden state. How about the, uh, what styles do they crush more than anyone else? And, uh, what breweries are King King and or queen. All right. Um, so just San Diego County is a pretty big County, but we do have more than 150 breweries just in San Diego County. So there's an abundance of choices. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of like stone brewing, or Alesmith, um, they the giants been around for 30 years. Um, we are like pretty much where the California IPA got started. So as you can guess, um, every brewery in town's got about five West Coast IPAs on tap. Uh, definitely never a shortage of IPAs, which I love. So it's that's fine. But um, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Pure Project. They're an amazing San Diego brewery. Um, they, they're very uh, philanthropic. They're an environmental um, brewery. They donate, you know, they pick up trash for every pint they sell. Definitely one of my favorites in San Diego. They make amazing IPAs. Uh, yes, you sent me one. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
North Park Beer Co., absolutely amazing, too. They've won tons of um, GABF gold medals. Um, and I know you guys, I know a lot of you guys don't like the sours, but we have Wild Barrel Brewing. Um, they make a line of Berliner Weiss-style sours called the Vice Series. They have about 30 different flavors. They're off the chain. Um, and the very cool thing about them is that they're Vice Sour Base. So the Vice Sands Fruit wins the gold medal um, GABF award like almost every year. So you know it's got a good base before they add the fruit onto it. They're absolutely amazing. Um, Virgin Beer, they have all sorts of good styles. They do uh, they do a lot of cold IPAs, which I've been super into lately, like the uh, India Pale Lagers. Um, not a lot of people do like ex ex uh, extra special bitters. Uh, they do a really good one. Um, again, Creative Creature brewing they live they're like a mile away from my house they do the smoothie sours they do a lot of cool collabs um yeah those are like my favorite breweries in san diego um and obviously a lot of them are in really cool space like spots where you can see the ocean and i mean there's absolutely no shortage of cool things to do in san diego so it's really fun that we always have a brewery like near say nearby like a landmark or something that you know if you're traveling and you want to go do something there'll be a brewery within walking distance that you can, that you can drink and then do something fun. Um, otherwise, obviously California and, uh, Southern California, Monkish, I'm sure you guys have heard of Monkish. Their mm -hmm. IPAs are insane. Um, we got Russian river over here. Pliny. Um, another, I know, I know a lot of you guys don't like sours, but I don't know if you've heard of Kings brewing. They're in, they're in Southern California too. We have just an absolute, there is some beer for everyone here, even if you don't like this hours. That's how I feel about Washington. Like there's everything here. Like I, that app I told you guys about, I just pulled it up real quick just to show. <laughs> Those are all breweries. <laughs> My little blue dot. Nice. This is into Seattle and everything. So, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. And I mean, the ones that I've been able to go to locally, like that are closer to me, like I said, seven seas, great notion has two different tap rooms that are close to me. Um, just to piggyback off of what you guys were talking about, because I really didn't really get into some of my favorite breweries here, but I'm the type that I want a full experience. Like I want good food because I'm a huge foodie. Um, but there is a place here called SIG Brewing Company that I have done a TikTok video on and they might have some of the best food I've ever had anywhere. Like not even just at a brewery, but like literally anywhere. And I've, you know, I, I like to be a little snobby about it and say, because I've traveled the world, <laughs> I can kind of back that up a little bit, but like, yes, I don't know can. what it is. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so SIG, Seven Seas, Odd Otter, Top Rung, just because I love places that are like veteran owned and firefighter owned and like, you know, they give back and all that kind of stuff. Just like some of the places, Candace, you mentioned. Um, and then there's like a lot of bigger name ones that we kind of call like the big box beers. I mean, it's like the domestic companies that are trying to do craft beer. A lot of those come from Seattle, right? Like there's a lot of big name companies in Seattle that people have had and they don't realize that they, they do things at a larger scale. They just kind of put the craft beer title on it because they want to be, they want to be one of the cool kids. <laughs> so it's the same thing, like, like San Diego, there's big names here, but I mean, there's so many other like really awesome little microbreweries that 
you're going to find something no matter where you go. <laughs> and I, I just, I didn't talk about it when I was talking about my favorite breweries, but it's definitely pertinent to this episode. Um, we have a brewery in Chula Vista. It's very close to Mexico uh, called Mujeres Brewhouse. It's an entirely women owned and run brewery um, and not just women, they're Latinx women. So, and they do a lot of really good things for the community. Um, and especially it's like you're, you're intersectional, you're putting two minority groups together, doing something good for beer. So, and they have really awesome beer too. So. Sounds oh, like yeah. it needs to be a girl date. <laughs> We're all on the West coast. We can meet up. SeaTac <laughs> right. is only like 35 minutes away. Just tell me when. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's roll. <laughs> One thing we always like to do with our guests before we say goodnight is um, go around the table and talk about what we were drinking. So let's, uh, let's do a full six pack right now. Let's go. Steven, Candace, Wayne, Brooke, myself, and Rachel close it out. All right. So rocking my, if I can spin it around, find it. My eight steak glass. I can't even do it. Currently empty. I don't know if y'all do what? Currently empty. Yeah, currently empty. Because I had to go grab it real quick. So the opposite. You're the opposite of Rachel. Very unprepared. Oh, very unprepared. (laughs) Yep. Well, I've already had five beers while we're sitting here drinking and talking. And I, I just wanted to drink this one. So... 13 Stripes, veteran-owned, uh, Providence Baltic Porter. They were actually one of our guests uh, last week. So, pretty cool mm-hmm. brewery. The uh, the owner of the brewery, or one of the owners, actually gave us a bunch of beers. And this was one of the beers that they gave us. So, first time I've ever had it. So, let's see what it tastes like. Chocolatey. Mm, I don't know that I like it. <laughs> and, How do you and, not like a chocolate aroma? <laughs> well, because I've already had three of those tonight. Wayne Chase, I'm not going to sniff it too much or where it goes down my nose. Well, after, Good. If he, does like, many, he does like to snarf beer. <laughs> he likes the full experience. Yeah, and not even meaning to. <laughs> right. Oh, go ahead, Rachel. Unmute your mic. Talk to me. <clears throat> Killing me. <laughs> I mean, there's been many times where I'm trying to smell a beer, and I will. Yes, absolutely. My nose will get a little too close. Thank you. Thank no, you. No, I'm not the only one. <laughs> that, <laughs> that absolutely is a thing. <laughs> Listen, what? historian, just, just spin it like it's actually something that happened back in, like, Roman times, and we'll all <laughs> fucking believe you. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. No, but so, does the aroma, is it anything like the flavor? You said you didn't like the aroma? Or you no, like the, the, flavor? The, aroma, the aroma, you know, we are talking earlier about aroma and flavors. The flavor is nothing like the aroma. I sure. was thinking that it was going to be chocolatey, but it's just, it's a smooth traditional porter it's it's very good tasting so baltic porters usually have a hint of like licorice in there and see i'm not tasting that at all 
No. You're no, sniffing it. <laughs> yeah, I sniffed it. <laughs> Sorry, we're ten episodes in. He snorted about like six beers, so uh, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. And our last recording Saturday, my wife was with us. Or was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday yeah, it was before the storm. And my wife's with us, and she's dying laughing over in the corner, you know, trying to be quiet. <laughs> and it was hysterical. But yeah, I don't smell the licorice. I don't taste the licorice. So thank you for that, Rachel, because I never knew, you know, I never knew the licorice and all that with the style. Yeah, that that's that's common and also an interesting thing about baltic porters is that sometimes they're made with lager mm -hmm. yeast okay so i guess kind of makes sense if you think about where in the world they're brewed um but that's a little interesting bit of pub trivia as well yeah and and to add to this you know you were talking about a little bit of pub trivia if y'all have the chance go to 13 stripes instagram page and just check out some of their artwork all of their artwork, or well, let me phrase that. All their cans has like a a story, and you can't read that, but a story on the back of, you know, like this says, Providence was the flagship of Rhode Island Navy until being decommissioned by Congress in 1975, December 3rd. First ship to land on U.S. Marines, or it was the first ship to land U.S. Marines on foreign soil. So they give a history lesson, kind of like where this name came from. That's so, fantastic. But all their beers are like that. Every one of their beers has a local artist, or the can design is drawn by a local artist. And it's veteran owned. I don't know if you heard me talk about that earlier, Brooke, but that's why I was asking because that's pretty cool. All right, so I'm definitely super familiar with three, 13 Stripes. Uh, Chase actually sent me a few of their IPAs uh, in a trade I did with him. We drank, uh, I forget what it's called, but we drank the Hazy Tropical one the other day. Super Freeborn. What was it? Freeborn, yes. Mm -hmm. Super crushable, absolutely bright and delicious. I loved it. Um, I already showed you guys my all uh, beers. Girl beer glass is empty, but I was drinking the... Uh, Tamave Pivo. I googled how to pronounce that to make sure I didn't sound like a dumbass. Um, I got this in my Tavor box. It is a Czech dark lager. Uh, dark lagers, black lagers, those are like my jam right now. Um, and Tamave Pivo, fun fact, actually literally translates in Czech to dark beer. Um, I just, it's, and it's also, it's from Charlestown Fermentary. It's a brewery I've never tried yes. before. <laughs> Um, the brewery I'd never tried before. Uh, I just, I just love that they're like roasty, chocolatey, toffee, malty. Malt is a girl's best friend. That's, that's what I think the saying should be. Um, and I love that it's yeah, a shirt, a light, yes, a light 5.2%. So you can drink. Hey, just to let you know, Charlestown Firmatory is a little hole in the wall in Charleston, South Carolina, 200 oh. miles south of us. And they do some crazy off-the-wall beers, but they do some traditional-style beers, too. So the fact that they put that in there, you know, they do a lot of Westbrook, too. Mm. And, and Westbrook is also Charleston. 
So yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear your reviews on Westbrook. If you ever get any of those. I do. I love Westbrook. I, whenever, oh, I, whenever I see them on Tavor, I always get them. Um, but I actually, Charlestown Fermentary, I had one other beer from them in my Tavor and it was a collab with Burley Oak. It was a dream. It was yep. called Dream Mixer. And it was, um, it was like, it was a sour with like blueberry and graham cracker. Uh, Very good beer. It was deli absolutely delicious. But um, so yeah, the, clearly they can nail the classic styles and do a little bit more fun stuff. Well, real quick, if you ever see anything on that app that you want to try from Westbrook or something like that, let one of us three know because we can get it for you cheaper because it distributes here. Yeah. Thank we you. get it for you cheaper than what you can get it on that app. Not trying to take away from them. But. Chase, actually, he just sent me uh, with the 13 stripes. He sent me one Westbrook. It was a creamsicle milkshake IPA, but I haven't drank it yet. That's delicious. Orange creamsicle. <laughs> I'm so happy you had Charlestown Fermentary. That's like my and I didn't plan that. Hazy, I had no idea. That's like my hazy god down here. It's just so funny though. Like the two you've had, neither one of them is a hazy. Oh. Because every one that I've had from them is a hazy, and I've loved every single one of them. Candace Westbrook makes a peanut butter milkshake IPA. Um, it's a series and it's phenomenal. They do a peanut butter, they do a peanut butter strawberry, they do a strawberry, they do a pina colada. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Rachel's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Mine and Rachel's faces are like, uh. <laughs> okay. Putting that many words in front of a style of beer is it really a beer anymore? <laughs> but it's exactly. No, it is not. Okay. No, it is not. All right, Rachel, <laughs> Rachel, and Brooke. When it, it'll be back in the summer, it'll be in the summer, June, July, when they come out with it. I'm going to take a couple of their crazy beers for each, and I'm going to send each one of y'all four beers. Okay. I'll drink it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll drink them, but I might not like them, but I'll drink them. I like, I like certain styles that, you know, like we said before, like a peanut butter stout, you put those two things together, that's perfect. But then you start getting these crazy beers that's marshmallow, graham cracker, chocolate, chestnut and fucking cocoa nibs or some shit. And I'm like, like that one. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, banana nutter. I'm like, <sighs> like my brain hurts trying to figure out what it is. <laughs> but, but look at the cool artwork. It's a, the artwork is really cool. And I'll probably pick it up because it looks super awesome. Yep. But at the same time, is it a beer? And I'm like, start jamming all these things. Like Sig Brewing Company did one that was like a cotton candy sour or something. And I had the same face when I saw the can. I was like, huh? Well, West, or not Westbrook, but Newgrass, the one that I had, the Fluffernutter, they did a orb welder or orb welder. Yeah, you that's what it was. You sent me that one. Do I? You sent me that one. Yes, I did. And it was cotton candy, blue, um, what do you call them? The sticks that you dip in with the, the powder. Fun dip. And... They did a limited release, like they didn't do many cans. And everybody's like, What'd y'all think? And they're like, Oh, everybody loved it. So they did more cans. And it it worked. It was good. But it was a blue, like Kool-Aid blue pour. 
I might have a picture of it. Yeah, I think I, I did one from Evil Twin, Evil Twin Brewing Company. That was a blue, blue raspberry sour. Yeah, and it was blue, and it pretty much tasted like blue raspberry Jolly Ranchers if you liquefied it and carbonated yep. it. But I saw your I saw your post, mother of craft beer, um, oh. out in Washington. Her and I trade a lot, and she sent me one too. And she said, "You've got to try this." And I liked it. That thing was wild, but I mean, again, it's not one I'm going to drink. No, of. it's like one no. and done. I'm good. Brooke, could you? Okay, so having lived in Germany, can you imagine? Oh my god! I already know where you're going with this. <laughs> what the Germans? Blast to me! Blast to me! Say of such thing, they would laugh you out of the country. Yes. <laughs> it would tell you to get the fuck out and they yeah. would even send you to a local like a, a neighboring country because like scotland ireland england they'll all laugh at you i, I don't think anywhere in europe would even be remotely on board <laughs> a banana fluff or nutter blah 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 <laughs> no i i hate on all that stuff all the time <laughs> only because i whatever like, it's just not my thing. But what I can say about all of that and all of this stuff that we're talking about right now, what's good about it is that it's kind of that weird gateway thing. So we're talking about people that might not like beer that tastes like beer. So, you know, you get them to try this fruity thing that might be, you know, neon blue or what the fuck ever. <laughs> all right. That's really sweet and whatever. You can kind of then move on to something a little bit different, like maybe say a nice, uh, super highly carbonated, like a Belgian beer or, or a Saison or something. And then there's this slow transition into like, holy shit, eventually they're going to be drinking beer. So there, there's, there's a, there's a time and a place for everything. And even though I hate on them, like I respect it and it's fine and it's good and Places like Drecker and 450, and they are making money hand over fist. And I respect you completely for all of that, but it's still not beer. <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally making a market in the beer market for the people who don't drink beer. It's smart. It's yes. genius. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. Let's make an alcoholic fruit smoothie that we could sell at Jamba Juice, but then put it in a craft beer can. <laughs> yeah. Make it works. <laughs> yeah, totally works. It's yeah, like you said, genius. But I mean, like, even back to the whole thing about like, what if you saw that in Germany or something? Like, I remember when I lived in Japan, it was like the big taboo to even see something like a like even just a blueberry something or like a strawberry something. Like, I think the only actual place I saw anything that had a fruit flavor or a floral flavor that was actually listed on the bottle or can itself was in Amsterdam. And I think that was like a raspberry lager or something. And it was, that was the only one <laughs> that was yeah. it. There was no other ones that were crazy wild. Like there are now like all these like s'mores and yeah, all the fruited slushy ones that we keep seeing where you actually have to like roll the can and like flip it upside down and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, it's now becoming a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Just want to drink it. <laughs> but Hey, they're making a huge market, huge market out of it. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do best here in America. We take traditions and then we make them our own and then we make a lot of money off of them. So smart. <laughs> Absolutely. Here, here. <laughs> Mr. Pilsner Wayne. 
Well, what was I drinking? So I started off at the beginning of the show. Tides uh, Irish Red Ale from Frothy Brewing in Charleston. Nice little 6.2% red ale. Then transition to the Highland Brewing Black Mocha Stout. Nice five percenter. Yeah, we got to go there for sure. And then somewhere halfway through our interview, Lazy Lover from Revelry back to Charleston. Nice seven percent Belgian style ale. So I'm pretty much done for the evening. I'm feeling pretty good. And um, that's my gamut right there. No little reviews. What you think? Well, I've had each of these before. And the Tides Red Ale is a good red ale. It's not my favorite. I mean, Thomas Creek's uh, River Falls Red Ale is definitely better than this. But, you know, it's not bad. I, I'll session it. And I'll be honest with you, style points for the new can with a new design. I know our listeners can't see that, but it used to be some plain can. Now they've got like the ship with the uh, octopus taking it over. The Black Mocha Stout from Asheville's uh, Highland Brewing. If you like coffee stouts, this is definitely rich and malty, like it says. Nice uh, black coffee taste to it. Not bitter, but not sweet. And then Lazy Lover, the Belgian-style ale, blonde ale. Um, you know, if you want to get somebody that's not into craft beer, try something. This one's uh, definitely very smooth. Also very deceptive, too. You know, I wouldn't recommend sessioning it. If it's me next, I don't know. Because, like I said, I have a terrible memory. <laughs> it was something no. dark. It was something dark, right? Or no? No collection of cans to refresh? <laughs> refresh your memory? <laughs> oh, no. I just meant, like, I don't know if it's me next to say what I had. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh. Oh. It is me. <laughs> You have to remind me. I'm the one that literally gets lost everywhere we go because I don't remember where we're going. So that's me. <laughs> um, my glass is empty, but what I was drinking, um, small little backstory, because you guys do have your cameras on. I know that like podcasters aren't going to be able to hear this or see it, but if you guys see all of that behind me, um, on I was TikTok, wondering what that was. Yeah, uh, on TikTok, I did a little thing for my husband, um, did like a little secret Santa, and I asked the bourbon TikTok community to send us stuff as a, as a secret Santa surprise gift for him because he wanted to do a secret Santa. No one really did anything about it. So I took it into my own hands and everyone sent us full bottles, little mini bottles, all this kind of stuff without him knowing. And I got him to actually open it up on Christmas. Um, but obviously all these bourbon TikTokers, almost all of them, if not all of them follow me and they, they watch all of my beer content. Uh, and Quite a few of them actually sent beers in the boxes for me, which I thought was really cool. Um, so I actually ended up cracking up, open one of the ones from them. Um, this one's actually out of Milwaukee. 6.7% um, yeah. alcohol. Just Lakefront. From, yeah, it's from Lakefront. Yes. I recognize the logo. Yeah. 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 So I've actually, I've never had Lakefront before. And this is like literally the most standard classic version of an IPA that you could have. 
um, had nice citrus notes in it. Not too, I always say like spruce or piney, like nothing too on the bitter tree side. <laughs> um, very, very crushable, um, mellows out at the end, very nice and smooth on the end for, for an IPA, which was, I kind of wish I had like a whole six pack of these and not just one. I'm kind of sad that it was my only one, but again, it was really good. Um, and of course I love Wisconsin cause go pack. So yeah, that's me. That's all I did. It's the only one I had. I had, what? Hey. Oh. I'm real quick, Brooke. I'm jealous over that because I tried the secret Santa multiple times in the bourbon groups I'm in. And I'll always send, you know, you're supposed to send, or we're supposed to send a hundred dollars worth of bourbon beer. And I always send a hundred plus and mm-hmm. I always get like 30 bucks worth of stuff. Glasses, never bourbon. Just, oh, I is, get crap done. This was I, I saw, I saw yeah. the, yeah, I, there again, I'm jealous. Crazy. There were more big bottles and stuff, but they have already been cracked open and destroyed. So <laughs> that's okay. Some good stuff though. I'm very impressed. I, I am too. Cheers to you for being able to do that. Cause like I said, I always get crapped on. I've got one from Newgrass. I've got one upstate and one low country beer. Well, I guess upstate. It's not technically upstate cause it's over the border, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Newgrass. You might love the can Ooh. called self unaware. Uh, by the way, if anyone's designing labels, hot pink does not work on green. <laughs> this is very difficult to read. <laughs> I know it's a Berliner Weiss. Uh, and I know it's a, I know it's a, I can't go a segment without saying, without making these guys laugh if I pronounce it. But it's a collab with a tattoo shop. And uh, it's collab. Uh, yeah. Collab. It's not, it's a very tropical tasting beer, but it's not, it's, it's, I wouldn't call it super thick. It's not like some thick, fruity, uh, smoothie sour, but it's definitely a tropical kind of mango pineapple type of, uh, Berliner Weiss. And then the other one, Steven made fun of me because I bought this when I was in Charleston when apparently I could have bought it at Publix down the road. Peanut butter and jelly. By Edmund Zost. And I want and to think I was buying this to be a nice guy because I wanted to, because he's got a whole collection of peanut butter jelly time by Catawba up in Asheville. And I want to do a side by side of Edmund's peanut butter and jelly and Catawba's peanut butter and jelly. And you know what's funny? I had it at the brewery. I think I like I think I like it better out of the can. The aroma is just like a peanut butter jelly sandwich, and that beer that he's pointing to, the Catawba one. First time I had it, I thought the flavor in that one crushed the flavor in this one as far as peanut butter jelly sandwich. But excuse me, drinking this out of the out of the can, out of a glass, the flavor totally comes through right on peanut butter jelly time. So it might be a very interesting taste test we have to do in the future. <laughs> can I just say my favorite peanut butter sour ever is the new grass summertime Sammy's? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I send you one of those. No, I got it on Tavor, and the the one I had was the, I think it was the either the ras it was the raspberry or the strawberry, but it was fantastic. It was one of my favorite beers of twenty twenty one. 
Yeah, the strawberry was the latest one they did, and I didn't care for that one that much. But when this, you know, this one's kind of out of date, but it's got like the zombie hand coming up out of the ground holding the, the peanut butter sandwich. I'll have to send one of those too. It releases in March. And I'll put the girls, the, the ladies, I'm sorry, I keep saying girls, Rachel and Brooke, I'll put one of those in there too. But it's just something fun. They they do it in honor of a young man or a young boy that loved peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And it, it's got a cool story behind it. And they they use they use local peanuts and local raspberries from a farmer up there. So that's very cool. All right, Rachel, when we, when we get this one in, we're going to have to do a, a live together. Oh, yes. <laughs> we'll yes. do a live tasting. Yes. So, <laughs> so, everyone can see our faces. <laughs> so my wife and I go up there every year because it's just 60 miles north of us, Asheville, North Carolina at Catawba. And just a little backstory real quick. We go up there because they make a whole to-do of it. They've got two beers in cans. They're flagship peanut butter jelly with raspberry and then the rhubarb strawberry rhubarb peanut butter jelly but then they'll always have like something on tap that'll be like orange marmalade peanut butter with that they did a concord grape you know they do all kinds of different ones that's not uh canned but so they make a big to-do about it they make t-shirts they make glasses and it's one-time event in March. So I'll definitely get some fresh cans, and I'll put one of each of the strawberry and raspberry. And I'm making a note right now so I'll remember. You're, again, dangerous into that territory of putting too many words in the name of a beer. I Well, <laughs> I know. I know, but it's just a traditional brown ale that's basically conditioned on peanut butter or on peanuts and raspberries and whatever adjunct they use in it. Okay, so it's not a sour or a brown advice. No, no, no. It's a brown okay. ale. Okay. No. All right. It's a okay, very I'm, I'm more on board. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a very nutty brown ale. Okay. Um with a little bit of strawberry or grape or whatever on the back side. And it's actually pretty good. I'm definitely right. more on board with that than versus like the sours. Okay. I, I'm sorry I scared you on that. So I'm not going to send you any sours from what I was talking about the Westbrook. That's not sours. So they're IPAs. So I four IPAs and one brown ale. All right, Candace, you send us uh, sours and we'll do a live with you too. So then you can actually teach us <laughs> on the oh, sours and you can watch our faces. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm so down. I'm so down. Yeah, I've posted more than a couple 450s in the past year so. That's cool. Well, that's that's what the three, the three of us guys, we'll sit around and we'll just have a day or an episode that we're just talking about. Hey, I brought this in. I'm sharing this. What two weeks ago? I got a local Captain Crunch peanut butter Captain Crunch IPA, hazy IPA, and it tasted like you were eating a liquid bowl of cereal <laughs> captain crunch Oof. Sounds this like is a lot of lactose in there yowza no no oh, lactose time nope Oof. okay 
I'm I'm a little intrigued that lactose and IPAs that makes my whole body hurt. But uh, there's no lactose, then I'm a little more intrigued. So they literally poured, you know, and I've done a uh, I do a little bit of home brewing, but I did a tropical bedrock, and I called it that because I used fresh coconut. It was a cream ale for mm-hmm. the base, or started out as cream ale. And then I put uh, fruity pebbles in there. Uh huh. So cereal turns into sugar. Sure. Yeah. Well, cereal has sugar, but sugar turns into alcohol. Yeah. So it was very high <laughs> ABV, but it was good. All right. Yeah. There was there was a place here that did a imperial stout, and it was a churro flavored. And if you took every perfect. I love cinnamon toast crunch. It is the best cereal and I will fight anybody on that. It is the only cereal. (laughs) It was, it was liquid. It was liquid cinnamon toast crunch, but then you didn't realize that you are also drinking something that is 13%. So it was an ass whooping, but it was delicious. So mother of craft beer sent me, I'm pretty sure it's the same one because she, she lives in Washington. She got it from there because she owns a tap room with her husband and it literally was a, a wrap, plastic wrap can with churros all over it. That's probably and it. Was it was good. It, it sounds like it. it was really good, but it was yeah, high ABV. It was one of those ones you can't drink a lot of just because you're going to be on the floor, but it was so rich yep. that like it was, it, there was no like strong coffee flavors, if I remember correctly, but like it was just, it literally tasted like cinnamon toast crunch and it was just this dark abyss that <laughs> it was insane. I was just like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we all three of us share beer all the time and our palates are so different. Chase and I get on the same wavelength a lot. But it, it's funny that I get some crazy beers and they get crazy beers and just like Rachel was talking about palate earlier, just or I think it was Rachel. I'm sorry if it wasn't, but just everybody's palate's different. And that's what's great. You know, you can like a certain style of beer, but we're not gonna haze you over it. Or pick on you over it. Well, we might pick a little bit, but yeah. There, there are no there are no wrong answers in beer. Yep. Well, I, I tell you that uh, that new grass that Chase had, we actually had a couple episodes ago. I think it was on the uh, new groove episode. Yep. And uh, my take on it was a uh, a hazy gone bad, and I stand by that because I it's. For a sour, for a grilliner, it is way too bitter, way too um, not happy. I'm just not a happy drinker on drink that. So, and that was a collab. I'm going to say collab, collab, and I don't even say it that way, but it's a collab with a tattoo shop. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. All right, real quick before we say before we uh, say goodnight and take up not too much more of your time. Rachel, just go into your beer real quick, and uh, before sure. we, before we take up uh, any more of your ladies' time tonight. So I am drinking a uh, a Helles Lager, so a uh, German uh, light lager. So Helles in German means light, so a beer garden style lager. Um, this beer is brewed by my brewery, um, and this beer was brewed in collaboration with the Beer Babes family, which I am a founder of. Um, and we brewed this for a festival this weekend. Um, it was our public debut. Um, and so 
yeah, we're, we're selling this beer to raise money for charity for the Pink Boots Society. So uh, this is probably one of the best beers that I think we brew at Bonehouse. Lagers are really hard to brew. This is a really nice example of the style. Um, but it's also got the American uh, style kick to it. So this is not your typical ABV for a Hell's. This is a 6.3% ABV. Um, and it features this badass cowgirl on here. Her name is Roulette. She's one of Bonehouse's characters. Um, yeah, so I've been drinking a lot of this. I need to stop drinking it because I have to send it to all of the beer babes and a lot of people that want to get it all <laughs> over the country. But tonight I enjoyed two of them. So oh, <laughs> that is what I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. You know, uh, Hell's Lockers and Pilsners, like you said, it's 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 a tough one to brew because you can't hide anything in them. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, Brooke, Candace, and Rachel, thank you again for sharing your knowledge and passion for beer and craft beer in particular. It has been such a pleasure. Um, is there anything else that each of you would like to add before we um, wrap up this session here? Final thoughts. I just appreciate you guys having us on. It was really fun talking to you guys, um, especially because, you know, everyone really, I mean, people do go out and they go to breweries and stuff like that. But because, you know, I'm, I'm just like Candace, I have a two-year-old. I don't really leave the house. I think this is the most adult interaction I've had <laughs> in like a week. <laughs> um, I just, I love being able to talk about beer and I'm hoping that it can kind of open up um, more people enjoying it and, you know, you guys have kind of lit a fire under me to continue doing content for Instagram and for TikTok again and um, really get back into it and and enjoy it more than I have in the last little while. So I appreciate you guys. And I just want to say thank you. Yeah, girl. Woo -woo. <laughs> I just want to say um, thank you guys so much for having me on as well. Um, I mean, I've been following Brooke and uh, Rachel for quite some time and it's really cool now because I feel like I know you both so much better so now when I see your posts like I'll be sure to comment and like and share and hype you guys up more um because I just know how awesome you guys are now and it it's just makes your posts even that much better um but yeah thank you thank you so much for having me on I love getting the opportunity to talk about beer and women are badass and that's it <laughs> yes I agree Oh, yeah. no, I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Uh, this has been a blast. Uh, the best thing that has come to me and my life out of Instagram is actually getting to interact with real people that share my same passions um, and that help lift you up and make you inspired uh, and make you want to continue doing things that excite you. And uh, having a platform to do that and having a place where people are supportive of you doing that is so good in so many different ways. And so I look forward to more engagement in the future and uh, getting to know each other better. Yeah. Real quick, us three guys met on Instagram. And even though <laughs> Wayne lives not even a mile from me, I'd never met him before Instagram. So sure. it, def yeah. it definitely brings people together. Yeah, it's a crazy world we live in. Absolutely. And with all the craziness, you know, talking about the crazy world, with all the craziness and the politics and the COVID and all, this is one way that we can kind of 
come together. We can go out to the breweries and get the small little breweries more advertisement, more uh, what's the word I'm looking for? More like exposure. Exposure. Thank you. So, what, yeah, with all the craziness, beer's just something for everybody to enjoy and come together closer. Craft Beer Instagram, one of the most supportive communities you'll find out. Absolutely. There. I, I 100% agree with that. Beer brings people together. Absolutely. 100%. Period. The end. <laughs> All right, and with that, that brings us to the end of this particular episode. Special thanks to Cyclops Cidery Brewery, and thank you again, Brooke, Candace, and Rachel. Um, it has been our pleasure. We've been uh, excited to have you guys on here, and um, hmm, I hear a familiar beat. I know that is. That's uh, Chris with our theme song. Take it away, Chris. We're just boys and girls. We like you. <laughs> we're just boys. We're just boys. We like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys. We like beer. We're just boys. We like beer. We like beer.